Okay, so now we just need an intro. Uh, something like... Friendly sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. The friendliest sparring with Leo and Joe's. Friendly sparring. That's it. Ah, all right, cool. Let's start the show. Yep. Welcome to the Friendly Sparring Podcast, the podcast where we interview your favorite porn stars and ask them what that thing do. Yeah. I'm your host, Leo, and I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Leo, and that's not what our podcast, <laughs> podcast Dude, is about, but it You did it again. What, you again? said your name is Leo, and this is my beautiful no, co-host, Leo. <laughs> nope. I never said that. Check the tape, bud. <laughs> Check the tape. Bud. Everybody's going to check the tape. And it's exactly what you said. You did it again. Anyway, I'm Leo. So. <laughs> yeah, apparently you did it apparently. so lightly. And I thought you were joking for two seconds, but then you literally kept going. And I was like, wait, oh, he's not joking. He literally thinks he's Leo. Great. I'm telling you, we are the same. <laughs> we are the same. Yeah. What kind of boxers are you wearing right now? I was now? just saying, like that time we fucking wanted. Uh, all right, let's say that what color we're, we're wearing on three. Hold on, let me give you me ready. Some. It's been a while. Oh, I'm fucking going commando. Are you really? No. Okay. All right. One, two, three. Gray. Blue. Oh, it was blue the time that we were wearing the same one. Yeah, it was. It was blue this morning though, because we. Okay. Let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's up, dude? How's it been? How's uh, how's rehearsal? Rehearsal? Yeah. It's great. Um, it's not like going super the way I would like it to. Uh-huh. By that, I mean, it, at this point in the rehearsal process, like our first read was, I want to say the seventh. So that's two weeks ago uh-huh yes yeah um yeah. by this point i would have liked to have some scenes on our feet mm-hmm. i've had since the first read i've had two rehearsals they've been like 75 percent like of the time of the time that we're like 75 percent of the time just talking about backstory and character which can be super helpful. And if you don't uh, spend time on it, it will show. But also, let's be. Yeah. Also, w- yeah. Let, yeah. Let's, uh, the, let's. The other thing is that, like, the first the first rehearsal that we had was uh, me and two other characters. So it was three of us. The second time, it was the same three people. And they added a fourth person. And the first 20 minutes or so was us catching up that fourth person. I was like, hey, could have done, just done one and had them included from the start and maybe just do that. Like, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, it's going to be a good show. Anyway, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Like, I, I can tell, like, from all the shows that I've done, like, the director is spending the most, like, being very, very specific about this one more so than I think all the other ones, at least from my perspective. And me personally, I'm more invested about the characters than I have ever been because... I don't know. I, I like these are not that. I mean, it's Shakespeare. They're all great roles. It's to because play, you're, you're, it's you're going to be in a starring role. 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's it's like, like if this were the Oscars, I'd be up for a supporting. Yeah, and or, that's important. Yeah, not that like. No, don't don't I'm like an ego thing, but I'm just saying. Like, no, in terms of course, of, no, no, like significance. Of that the has character. to be a part of it. No, I can't. I we can't ignore that concept. We can't ignore the idea of us being human. Of saying like the shine and the recognition like that is a part of it like granted 100%. we're not supposed to say that but you know it's put, putting in a more yeah. of into performance and the guy that comes up and and you know says like well how much is a pizza about 10 bucks you know like <laughs> more so than that guy especially i hate fake humility dude yeah I don't like, be. oh just just happy to be a part like dude there's something in our DNA as actors, like some part of our brain, the way we're wired, where we crave attention. Well, that's true, but also like creating something, something that has a meaning and, and, and don't get me wrong. You know, I think that when you do like a character, depending on what it is, you kind of make the best out of the situation, depending on whatever your role is. And you have tons of characters that will have like, you know, one scene and sometimes they don't even speak or they don't even do anything, but like that actor spent, some time on it and you're like wow i remember that being memorable but uh kind of switching over to the idea that um when you're creating something uh vanity kind of kicks in anyway like when i was in a band you know we were like we're just having fun let's just write you know a couple of music you know a little bit of music here and there and we we did we wrote three songs and on the fourth one we're like we gotta book a show like i know we're having fun but we gotta book a show we gotta get that you know so it's just like you can't ignore this feeling of wanting to share that creativity with the world and also because the fact that it's it's you know uh, the weight of the role in the play changes the course of the entire piece it you are the the, you are the the you are the antithesis so without you that play would be nothing especially like dude i know we said that like who anyone listening to this podcast say for maybe t cross is not you know what i mean see the show (laughs) you're so ridiculous (laughs) But like, there's something that is very unique to our production that I don't want to give away. Ooh, uh, I want to tell you off mic. Let me guess. You guys are all bottomless. Yeah, that's it. I mean, why wouldn't we be bottomless? Like, if you have the option of wearing pants or not wearing pants, like, don't fucking wear pants. Yeah, and they asked you all to shave, right? <laughs> no, we're this is this Shakespeare. They didn't shave back then. Oh, I'm pretty sure they got Brazilians in Shakespeare time. They did not get Brazil. Stop. They even called them Brazilians. You think they fucking made wax, like some crude of fucking like honey and whatever. Yeah. Honey and leaves. Come on, dude. Honey and leaves. What the fuck? Are you crazy? Absolutely. Are you you kidding me? All the best actors and actresses of Shakespeare time. And it's hot. Silence, fool. It makes your penis look bigger. It gives you an extra optical inch. <laughs> optical inch. That's the name of this episode. Optical inch. <laughs> I love it. Guys know, girls know what an optical yeah. inch is. It is not actually there. It just seems bigger. Yeah, so. seems- <laughs> uh wow i actually what i actually thought idea. about that because uh i'm auditioning for hair uh, which we've talked about i think uh okay. we never thought off air i don't know if i'm talking about the podcast transition but um there's a there, uh, well and I, because it's a local kind of community theater i don't know whether or not they would be doing it but in hair there's like a famous there's famously a nude nudity scene. yeah there's 
like literally for like 20 seconds mm-hmm. and it's it's so weird too like when you're when you're hearing about it now i'm getting deja vu because i might have talked about the podcast when you're hearing about it you think it's like kind of gratuitous and in some ways it is but you think it's like more like a fun like oh that's whatever it's literally during an emotional ballad that's like the end of act one i think right uh, and I, like i watched a bootleg on youtube of the 2009 revival and i was like oh it's doing this song yeah yeah because like and, and i've listened to soundtrack like a lot so like i know yeah. the song very well and i was like huh but anyway i thought if i get get cast and they decide to do this thing because like i said i don't know whether or not they will but again it's because it's, it's local community theater but they're one that like takes themselves very seriously okay like, got it. like season ticket holders like oh you can buy season tickets to our seasons like whatever um, yeah but like i thought about that like would i shave would i not i don't know well you gotta get the other hippies because like there's literally like and and i um it's the lead so i probably won't get this character because it's really competitive or whatever but like the the title song hair it's the one i sing at karaoke that yeah, yeah. my birthday in la that one time he he's he says i'm hairy high and low so like I'm Harry, but a Brazilian down low. <laughs> I can't with that, you. Right? Right? That's the song, right? Me Lord, it gives you an optical inch. <laughs> Me Lord. Extra. Oh wow. <laughs> I love that idea so much. People in, in the time that Shakespeare was alive that they're trying to give each other Brazilians. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't even fucking know where Brazil is. <laughs> Oh, what was Brazil even like? I think this is. I think this is called a Brazilian. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brazilian. What's that? Where's that? I don't. Sounds exotic, though. Sound. Look at my dick. Don't you think so? Yeah. What a Brazilian dick! I'd say that's Brazilian. That's a Brazilian (laughs) dick. That's that's what everybody says, right? Yeah. Anyway, enough about Brazilians. Uh, (laughs) Um. We're going to go on to talk about fighting because that's what this podcast is about. It's about beating the shit out of people. Yeah, kind of. Who did you beat the shit out of this week? Other My than Brazilian. Wait, what'd you say? Other than your dick. Oh, that's the way I said. I said, My Brazilian. Yeah, you got it. Uh, I unfortunately did not get to beat anyone up like any human that isn't me. Yeah. <laughs> Same, same. But we did get to watch some people beat up people. Full disclosure, pulling the curtain back, pulling our tips back. <clears throat> Both Bill of us watched the fights this morning. <laughs> we, yeah. um, we, yeah, both we both watched, watched the fights this morning. morning. Which, hey, if it's not like a pay-per-view, I would say that is optimal fight night viewing uh, experience. Like, don't get me wrong. I love live tweeting with everyone on the timeline. It's like yeah. when we're watching it all together. It's a really cool thing. Uh, but dude, when there's a finish and they decide to put 30 minutes of filler that isn't commercials because they didn't sell any ad space for this. They yeah. literally have a fucking still of Tom Brady f- plugging that fucking whack-ass documentary and it just, it stays there for 30 minutes, like standby or whatever. Yep. So dumb. And I got to fast forward through all of it. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty nice. Uh, 
They okay. played the fucking Andraji Lemos promo like five times. Dude. Also, can we talk about how they keep advertising like the, for one of um one of her wins? Like they keep advertising her dumping Rose in her head like illegally. Like that's the big one that they keep. It was legal. Was it? Yeah. If it was illegal, that fight would have been a DQ and Fair Rose would have retained her belt. Yeah, that's true. Fucking changed the course of women's MMA. Yeah. Because uh, then fucking Andrade isn't champion. She doesn't fight Whaley. Whaley doesn't beat her. Mm-hmm. Like, and now, and now we're getting Whaley Joanna part two. Dude, I remember hearing like <clears throat> that that fight was going to be happening for UFC 275 like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I thought it was like confirmed. And then on like on the broadcast, they were like, "We can now officially say." Yeah, and like some people on the timeline were going crazy about. It. I was like, "Didn't we all react to this like a few weeks ago? Like, where have yep. y'all been?" No, I, I, I think it was... Uh, I, I can't wait to be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> now, we're going to talk about these... Um, our prelim picks. I think... But but first, we do have to touch base on the first fight of the night. Yes. <laughs> the this is like a mutual pick, kind of. This, yeah, because... First of all, as dick kicks go, pretty square on the dick, you know? Pretty fucking... Like, I tweeted this out, like, Hey, man, by the way, I've, I've been doing this thing. Now, when I rewatch in the morning, I still live tweet. Uh, oh yeah, I just I, I just it. like doing it. Uh, if your fucking nickname is the sniper, like Dean Irishman Barry, I say that because he's Irish. That's not yep. his nickname. Obviously, it's the sniper, which I was the point I was making. Yep. Oh, oh my God! How about him deactivating his Twitter like three times today? Okay, good job. I mean, I just know that he deactivated in general, and then like before we record, I saw a tweet from G saying this is the third time today with a screenshot of his account being deactivated. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think they're new accounts because like the one that he had like fourteen followers. Like, it just started the account. Uh, although now that I'm thinking about it, if it's happening multiple times, it's probably trolls like making one, reposting the video, and then deactivating as like a joke. Yeah, um, which. That's the kind of trolling I can kind of get behind. I don't mind that. So, um, but yeah, how about him fucking, oh, I'm laser accurate. I'm a world-renowned kickboxer. Kicked him right in the dick. <laughs> Square, like spun around right in the dick. And honestly, Mike Jackson's reaction was the most honest reaction anyone could ever have to a dick kick of all time. Bro! <laughs> yeah, just on the ground, bro, saying, oh, fuck. Then... <laughs> 10 seconds later being like that motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, I love I you, loved dude. it. And the fucking part when he was like, oh, that was a pretty good kick, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like giving him props. I'm like, what are you fucking doing? You're embarrassing it's yourself. Talking so loud. But then, like, honestly, okay. And pa- Paul Felder was not having to do it. He was like, I've been kicked. By the way, Edson Barboza, uh, fucking Paul Felder has been kicked in the dick by Edson Barboza with a fucking spin kick. Yeah. Like, that's no fucking joke. He's like, I've been kicked in the dick and I wasn't able to talk afterwards. So, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. Yeah. So, that was pretty interesting. But, you know, Dean Barry was credit, he did the, get up. Yeah. Dean Barry's whooping the shit out of Mike Jackson. And, hey, man, that eye gouge was bad. That was real really bad. bad. It was it was it was Li Jingliang level of bad. I've talked about it a couple times in this podcast. When Li Jingliang fought Jake Matthews, Jake had him in a guillotine. This motherfucker was clawing his eyes trying to get out of the guillotine. Yeah, That's this the fucking level. Like how? Yeah, are you Dean, not, like, yeah, 
in the slow-mo of it do you see like looking at dean barry's face like looking at this like the target and do i was like no 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 because they were even talking about chris tyone and the i guess the ruling judge whatever whoever he was talking to they they talked about like you know going like this and that like as opposed to just kind of yeah yeah so he yeah and then like dean barry afterwards like yeah accident i was like oh dude i don't know about that it's if it's accident it's reckless at best yeah and at worst intentional yeah because it looked intentional like i said he you could see him looking like at uh like mike jackson like his hand specifically at his hand and and where it was yeah on mike jackson's head so i was like okay pulling his eye out um speaking of officials and stuff did you see the lady in the blue dress who i assume is the doctor come in yeah everything wearing sandals oh yeah dude she wanted to get in there and fuck all those fighters She was ready to kick off her shoes and just go to town. <laughs> I was not ready for that. <laughs> Honestly, that's why she had to wear sandals. <laughs> she was ready. If I anybody needs help, like how fucking unsafe. I'm is almost like positive she tapped Air Shodan on his penis. I'm almost positive. She said, "Good game." She was like, "How do the French say it? Wee oui, wee." Oui. <laughs> <laughs> It's literally the most low hanging fruit. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing. Yeah, that's what she said. She said about Air Jordan's dick. <laughs> oh, what's this low hanging fruit here? She's like, remember that fight where you had the flying ground and pound? <laughs> Let me kick these sandals off real quick. <laughs> that's reminding me on on uh, the the reason I didn't see the fights live. Uh, Kate and I went to see All Shook Up, mm-hmm. uh, which is if people don't know, is a musical that's based on 12th night as far as the plot like it's loosely like an adaptation or uh what's the word uh not an analogy um i mean i think adaptation is pretty good it could be adaptive but like adaptation is like directly uh anyway it'll it'll come to me later and i'll be upset about it um yeah. <laughs> but the, but the music it's a jukebox musical the, literally the music is um elvis's music it's all right. that's what it's called right. there's a character who's like the uh curator of a museum or whatever and then someone is trying to like court her and reads her like a shakespearean sonnet and she literally just gets like instantly wet and like literally i don't know if this is like every production but it's in the one that i did um and the actress that was playing this role is the same actress that played our fiona when we did shrek uh a few months ago she literally just like laid down and goes take me like instantly Um, (laughs) that's the vibe i was getting from that doctor that's what everyone was getting from that doctor. Anyway, um, so um, you know, I mean, good did good DQ win, uh, mm. but I love the way that um, Fitzy was like was just like, well, it's official. He now has a win in the UFC. Yeah, first of all, Jackson, yeah. he beat CM Punk. Okay, like whatever you thought of that fight, and it was a weird fight. He won. Like it, it wasn't a DQ. It wasn't like it went to the cards and. And he won, so like the the shade of like and like I'm I'm not fucking white knighting for Mike Jackson. Like don't get me wrong, the guy sucks. <laughs> and this is and it's also weird. Like I used to follow him on Twitter because I like he was kind of funny and like trying to get the CM Punk fight. Like not before it was announced, or I'm saying not what while it was going on, but like there was one where he was like campaigning for it, where he's like trying to get it, and he was like. He was making me laugh, but I unfollowed. I was like, dude, I can't with you. I can't. He just, he's too much. So like, no, but at the same time, 
Also, for some reason, I thought he was fucking 40, like already. And then the Teletubby is 37. I was like, oh. Oh, he's not that old. But he's either not way. That old. Um, yeah, so the, we, we just wanted to touch on that just because it was such a funny. And then also in light of what was happening last week with all these like, you know, third round. I know, dude. And then and they talked technicals. about that too. Like, <clears throat> I guess it's not enough time passed and they, they learned from that mistake. I don't know. Yeah, it was but, weird. Yeah, it was weird. But anyway, uh, we're moving on to... Uh, i swear to god dude if he walks out to that song it's a good idea that's a good idea um you know what i randomly remember too when when he was walking out because he had yeah. the it was funny that they both had hats like his opponent uh what was the guy's name cameron Nels. cameron Nels. As a, a like a British paratrooper or like former British, he's very proud of his service more than the breath. That was very cool, actually, because like paratroopers are fucking badass. Like, I yeah. don't know the process in, in England, but I know like the paratroopers in the Air Force and the um in the United States. Uh, I was reading about this one time, they have like a 90% washout rate, something like that. When you go for the class, like to try and get certification, like mm-hmm. 90% of them fail. Like they oh, have yeah. to do like halo jumps and shit like that. It's very fucking tough. Um, so yeah, I thought that was very cool that he was like really proud of that. And then the Mongolia comes out with a little uh, hat with the you know the little Yuri style fucking thing on it. Yeah, it reminded me of like when, dude when I worked at Juicy Burger, there were so many Mongolians that worked there. Interesting. Like I haven't met any Mongolians before or since. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Mm-hmm. I. I I worked. For, I worked with so many of them too. Um, but anyway, what did you think of that fight? Uh, I mean, it was just amazing on um, Ricky Lang's. That's such an interesting name. Ricky uh, Lang. Yeah, uh, just really fucked up Caramel's really easily. Uh, it wasn't a lot. Like after the first punch, I was like, okay, this is pretty much going to be ending very soon, and it ended pretty quick. So yeah, gotta love it. Gotta love an aggressive Mongolian. It makes me like, isn't that the guy that um, they were saying this, how he, he fought Cody Durden and that Cody Durden was racist to him? Yes. It made me think like he was like taking out that fucking rage on. Dude, we got these like, fighters with their like their past traumas affecting their fights, you know? Right. Fucking Drakkar close like last week. Take it on the next guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so now, good. Ricky Lung, you know, taking it out on the guy who wrote the song Informer. Because <laughs> it kind of look Cameron Ellis kind of looks like the guy who wrote the song Informer. Kind of does a little bit, not a lot, but definitely enough where I would say Informer. <laughs> and how dare you call that rap? <laughs> yep. Just like being yeah, just, of it. everyone's like, what is? <laughs> I love that this scenario keeps happening. <laughs> this is the second week in a row this has happened. Trocar Coast last week, and now Ricky yeah. Lang. Cameron Ellis fucking British ass is like, I didn't write that song. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never even heard it. What do you mean, informer? Informer, I'm what? I'm not an informant. <laughs> well, what do you mean? I'll lick you, boom, boom, down. What are, oh. you, are you trying to lick me? <laughs> you think I wrote that? <laughs> you think I'm trying to give myself an optical inch? <laughs> I hate that term, but it's so good. Oh, well, anyway. Uh, let's see what happens with uh, Ricky Lang after this. I'm interested. 
to see if he. I know. down. It's so dumb. Um, all right, let's talk about your prelim fight, uh, pick of the night. Mm, and what is that? Uh, that's Tyson Pedro and oh, yeah, against no, Ike Villanueva. That's right, because we were debating. Um, the Dwight Grant fight was really good, and like he was, he was beating that fucking Russian guy up, dude, and then. Uh, the Russian guy knocked him out clean, but um, no, Tyson Pedro. I honestly like. I did not know the struggles that Tyson Pedro had gone through with injuries and things like that. I just assumed that maybe he got cut or had <clears throat> semi-retired because he uh, like uh, he was one of my favorites, dude. And like, like his friendship with Ty was amazing, and they they ha- he hasn't fought for a long time, and I didn't know what was up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so he was on this card. I was like so hype, and the fucking hype delivered. And I, I like Ike too because he was on Rhino's podcast and was really cool on on Rhino's uh, podcast. But like, I knew I knew Ty- Tyson was a fucking bad matchup for him. It was like yeah. he said, he was like he can beat him everywhere, and he he ended up winning with with strikes. But like, if he would have got his hands on him, dude, have a tough time. Yeah, it would have been a real tough time. And like, honestly, Ike. You could tell it was in trouble. Uh, I mean, I would say, I'd say probably about two minutes into that round, whenever, whenever the like, I think the second or third leg kick, you could tell that it was really fucking him up. And then obviously the leg kicks what brought him down. Then the part where uh, Tyson knocked him out on the ground, like, yeah, that was like Chris. Chris obviously jumped, you know, as fast as he could, but he got one good uppercut into his face and knocked him out for a few seconds. I was like, oh wow, like literally ended in. In the split second of Chris jumping to stop the fight, he got laid out. Um, but yeah, he those leg kicks were pretty brutal, and uh, yeah, Ike was looked pretty scared. Yeah, I remember those. Tyson talking about his style. Like, first of all, he was named Tyson for for Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Like his dad is a fight fan, and I don't mm-hmm. know if like I think he said he trained karate. Like his, I think his dad dad might be a like similar to like Wonder Boy and his dad kind of like he just grew up doing karate from mm-hmm. his dad. But then he he started training MMA and learned jujitsu, and that became like his main focus. But he always still worked in striking. Such a great combination, and he's fucking strong as shit, dude. Yeah, um, also scary looking dude. Um, just yeah. very very aggressive. But I mean, he did a great job um, on that fight. I'm interested to see who he fights next. Uh, obviously, in a what was that light light heavyweight light heavyweight? Yeah, two five. Yeah, so you know maybe <clears throat> if he does uh, well, uh, really really well, he could be starting to go into the top. Bro, how about the Khalil rematch? I actually don't want that fight because I like them both, but like I just remember they were they, they were showing his highlights and then he beat Khalil. I was like, oh yeah, he fucking did beat Khalil like really badly. Entertainment wise, Khalil's yeah. got so much better. It's like, mm. well, all right, let's, all right, let's move on. That'll, that'll make me sad. <laughs> move on to this uh, main card, starting with our two French Canadians. Bro, two back to back French Canadians getting a victory. <clears throat> Both by guillotine. Were they in the same round? I got. I got. Uh, yep, round one. Uh, almost to the down to the same second. That's fucking amazing. So Jordan Wright coming in there looking like uh literally just like uh you know wish.com's uh two thirty two Luke Rockhold. Oh my God, you're right. Within four seconds of each other. Yeah, that's okay. He wow. does. He definitely. Yeah, that's true. Wow, wow. Jordan Wright does look like wish Luke Rockhold. <laughs> you gotta really make sure you got that joke in there. Yeah, I really made sure he looks like wish.com's Luke Rockhold. You know, it's so funny. His fucking nickname, Beverly Hills Ninja. Yep. 
I love and hate it because first of all, I just it's it's ridiculous, and I love that movie. But yep. I'm thinking of Chris Farley, and I'm like, you're not worthy of that nickname. He's, he also fights out of San Antonio. <laughs> that I didn't pay attention to. No, actually, I'm sorry. He might be from San Antonio. I think he might fight out of LA. But anyway, regardless. That, that would make sense. He regardless, um, didn't have anything for Mark on Andre Barriolt. Yeah. Nothing what, for him. Bro, what is up with the UFC broadcasters not even trying to pronounce French names? There is two extra letters on the end, dude. Barrio. Barriolt. Yeah, Barriol. LT is in there. Like Manon Fiaro. Yep. Saying fucking Fior. Just cutting off that last syllable, dude. Yeah, don't do it. How hate about it. that? Absolutely hate it. But, you know, I mean, yeah, Jordan didn't have anything. Like, zero. And pretty that, much, uh, dude. yeah, it was a pretty, pretty quick, um, quick round. Uh, and and uh, Mark andre switching to Sanford has been such a great, like, uh, thing because of the great wrestling they have there and obviously the the striking from their head coach Henry Hoof because like he had the striking always but like his kryptonite was wrestling like he did not do so well in the UFC early like I think he fought under Sanchez and just got fucking wrestle fucked now if they fight I bet he fucking knocks that dude out yeah man I we'll see I, I'm interested to see what happens with it with this I mean what uh, what wait wait what uh, wait sorry what weight class is 85 185 okay so the, so the Luke Rockhold thing was even funnier. I think about yeah. it. He's literally like the same weight class. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, g- good on um, Barry Alt for doing the uh, the guillotine. But we got to move on to our boy, Charles, Charles Air Jordan. Jordan. Oh, Kay. my God, dude. Now, I will say this, though. Uh, if it wasn't for the, the, the scramble on the ground, which – Jordan did really well with obviously to get the submission. Lando was lighting him up. <clears throat> it was com- it was competitive on the field. Yeah. Like, it, it was one of those things where like Lando's kind of awkward, funky style was giving Charles a little bit of problems. And like Lando even initiated that was the fucked up part. Lando initiated the ground with that slam. He, yeah, he got him down, took him down, slammed him, and then Charles worked the submission. <clears throat> Worked started as a one arm, yeah, but he finished it. A lot made of the ad- yeah, yeah, made the adjustment. It was one arm for like, I would say like 15 seconds, probably he yep. was in that. And then as soon as he clamped that second yep. on, that's when Lando tapped. Yeah, because he made he made that that adjustment quickly. But but it was interesting because you would think it looked like when he was doing the one arm guillotine, uh, when he made the readjustment, I was sure that Lando was gonna get out in that in that scramble for him to yeah. grab the hands to because I think what he did was I think I'm pretty sure if you watch the replay, he has him in his in the one arm guillotine. He adjusts to move his to get his hips up. Mm-hmm. Then, in the time that he's doing it, he clasps and then rolls, and then that's whenever Lando yeah. um, got the you know started tapping. But uh, how's about the part where Jordan just pulled his pants down and started fucking him? <laughs> Dude, it reminded me of fucking <clears throat> Gavin Tucker. I want, I forget which fight, but Gavin Tucker was fighting. I want to say it was Justin James. Mm-hmm. And like his pants came down also in like a scramble when he was like he was in a guillotine or something. Yeah. Uh but yeah, just fucking just pulled yeah, his pants down that it was yeah, like first, first of all, how embarrassing, right? I was just gonna say the most embarrassing. Like, like I can't even wrong. imagine I mean it's like, getting choked a... out soon and yeah. then being like my fucking boxers are could you uh, imagine? Could you imagine though if he also shit himself? 
<laughs> Can you imagine if Lando That's kissed himself? Embarrassing. <laughs> kissed himself. <laughs> That's what they should call it, really. Uh, honestly. <laughs> well, you really I kissed the bed, huh? I, I can't, first of all. The idea that that would happen, but also with your, like, like your shorts around your knees, like just. <laughs> yeah, imagine the shorts. But... There's just like a a stain. Like, uh, Lando, what's going on there? But he fucking he He's fucking. Like, oh, I'm sponsored by Justin Kish. But he's but he gets slapped and it happens. <laughs> oh, I guess it's true what they say when when you when you die you void your bells. Just. Just knocked out with his pants around his ankles, shit coming out of his boxers. It's... They wake him up. Did I win? <laughs> no, no, dude. You took, the, you took the biggest L of all time right now. Yeah. Literally the biggest L. I, you will not live this down. You took the biggest K. <laughs> oh, if this if this podcast gets any dirtier, I don't know what we're gonna do. But good on Jordan. First of all. Gotta love it. Everyone's loving how exciting he is. Hey, man, great call out. Call out. Barbosa. We gotta love it. Either you die or mm-hmm. I die. I love it. Let's bring more of that Jordan energy wherever we go. Did you see his tweet? Yeah. Yeah. When he said when he wakes up in the morning, <laughs> you, realize up, he, you realize you call out to Barbosa. So funny. Uh, <laughs> that's great. So good, I, I think he's he's so hilarious, and I'm, I'm happy that he, yeah. And I mean, you know, don't get me wrong; I think Lando Venata is a great fighter too. It's just like, yeah, yeah, man. He yeah, right now just... we're talking. We expected to be like a war. I literally was like, bro, on the on the Patreon Fight Pick League. Mm-hmm. By the way, I haven't calculated it for today. I, I'm going to do it uh, okay. by the time we publish this episode. Nobby Buckles predicted a draw, which. I said on the co-main event uh, live chat this past week, I said, if Lando gets another draw, we should call him Landravanata. <laughs> and he put getting a draw for Landros. He's also a co-maniac. He fucking said, we, uh, he predicted a draw on the fight pick. Swear to God, if that happened, I would have given him 50 points. <laughs> Immediately. Immediately. I, how could dude? If it, this is this goes for anyone in the fight pick league, if you if you predict a draw, which isn't really like it's the the chances are like slim to none. You you're, you'd be honestly probably wasting a pick, but if you predict a draw and it comes true, fifty bonus points. Wow! In addition to the win, in addition to the fifteen. Wow! Uh, for for getting a right, you get another 50, 65 for that fight. That's amazing, huh? That's a good way we should try. But also. To, yeah. Maybe don't do it because that would be weird. But also, but do it. I thought cool. it was gonna happen. Like when he, when I, I was swearing on looking at my phone when, when the notification comes through when he picked draw, I was like, he's gonna fuck around and predict the future right now. <laughs> like I just, I, I don't know why I thought I was like, I was like, there's no fucking possible way this doesn't happen. And it turns out, so, turns Jordan out got other plans. <laughs> yeah, he fucking got other plans. All right, um, so. Love the we're fight. Clay Guida now, or was there? No, no. no oh, yeah. Can we just skip that and go to the Clay Guida Hold fight? That's what I'll say. Once again, for Macy Barber, um, uh, you know, <clears throat> not bad on showing her aggression. I mean, she really, really did um, stuff 
uh, Montana De La Rosa, like as far as like any other attempts, but <clears throat> fighting this fight mostly in the clinch uh, for all three rounds, I was like, okay, like that's fine. Like that's a part of your tactic to win and, and, and whatnot. But I didn't really watch her post fight. Um, yeah. I just turned it off. Yeah. It was, it was really cringe. She just kept, she would like, she kept trying to talk to DC like outside of what questions she was asking. Like, he would come up, you know, I'm here with your winner. Basically, I did good, right? Or whatever. He Like, she was just insufferable, dude. Like, I don't know. Although I will say, like. Maybe it's just her. It was it was probably the least cringe interview she's given. Because I remember, like, the last time when it was, like, a fucking gift decision. I think it was the Miranda Maverick when I was like, what? Clearly Miranda won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then she starts talking about, like. I'm only a few more fights away from a title shot or whatever. You she are said. not. It was the fucking worst. This one was, I want to say, a little bit more humble. Uh, like, actually thanked her team and and said some, like, okay. Th- it was kind of vanilla as post-fight interviews go, but it wasn't, like, notably cringe or anything. Uh, and I will say, speaking of the Fight Pick League, your boy Dave L called this one to a T, basically. Really? Because uh, he said, like, Macy has a tendency to out-athlete people. And Montana yeah. has a tendency to get out athleted. And I was like, son of a bitch, if that isn't exactly what happened. Right. Like exactly yeah. exactly what happened. And and like Montana, I think she has better grappling technique. Right. But Macy's stronger. Yeah. And <clears throat> if you're even like close, that athleticism will put put it push it over the edge. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, get on Macy for the win. But here we are. And that's it. That's all we have to say about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on to uh, Mi Carnal, Claudio Pueyes, <clears throat> El Hijo de Peru. Hey, man. Uh, 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 chasing the uh, triangle, chasing all the submissions, and then getting a knee bar. Hey man, come on, that's pretty amazing. Three knee bars in the UFC, dude. Amazing. The 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 knee bar from hell is the first time that he came on my radar. I think I've talked about this fight a couple of times, mm-hmm. and it was definitely one of the fights I made Andrew watch for MMO back in the day. Mm-hmm. He was fighting Eric Silva. Well, I gotta look it up because I think it was Eric Silva, but now I'm like questioning myself because there's another fighter named Eric Silva that's like a welterweight, but it's not... Oh, Felipe Silva. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, why did I say that? Felipe Silva. Yeah, yeah. Getting his ass beat from pillar to post, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, one of the worst beatings where I was like... I was literally yelling at the ref. Why aren't you stopping this fight? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you stopping this fight? Felipe gets on top of him, is, is fucking beating the shit out of him. Claudio grabs his leg and just wrenches on it and gets the submission win i was uh my mind was fucking blown and obviously this was way different because he was kind of dominating clay guida although can we talk about clay sneaky ass only giving him the back of the head i was like that's a fucking veteran move dude yeah and they were talking about in the broadcast where the ref was like watch the back of the head and clay was like only he was like hey you want to hit me you yeah fucking hit the back of the head yeah like i mean that he was trying for a dq i think it was more like uh <sighs> Don't say yeah. here. Almost yeah, like fighters, like defense. you know, putting both hands on the like being a grounded fighter to like take advantage of the rule. Like he was like, "Well, can't touch me." Yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you know, give 
props to, to clay for trying to get out of the situation. There's a couple of locks that look like uh, out of the um, arm triangle. Uh, not the, yeah, the, the arm triangle. I'm sorry, not the arm triangle, the regular triangle on the ground that he was, he rolled out of, but it, that rolled from the triangle into the, the knee bar was pretty, you know, yeah, no, it was like, it's tough. Fun. Yeah. To, to the but, point where like, maybe if you do jujitsu, you, you would have seen that coming, but like, I, I, usually can tell what submission they're setting up. The knee bar was kind of out of nowhere for me. Yeah. It was like, oh, he's moving from this to then. Oh, oh, knee bar. Like, yeah, it was, before it was I knew in, it, it was over. Yeah, it was in deep. So, you know, props to uh, Claudio uh, Poyas. Also, hey, uh, I know UFC listens to this podcast all the time. Put him on the UFC um, uh, Deportes. Let's go. Deportes. Like he wanted. That's what he wanted. He said at the yeah. He's a, he's a UFC Espanol. Put me on the yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, I I I had mixed feelings about that because he just used the whole post fight interview to like. What 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 did he say? He was like Twitter. Where's my verification check? <laughs> I'm sorry. I think he missed the check mark. It made it seem like he's waiting on a check, which is right. funny. It's like you have to pay for verification. So the oh, fact really? that he's like thinking he's gonna get paid is funny to me. Huh. Um, even though that's not what he said, probably. But anyway, he was like, "Yeah, Twitter. I'm waiting for my verification check. Also, you see Espanol. Put me in the broadcast. I speak Spanish. I speak English. Let's go." It's fair. It's a good. I mean, you know, like oh, yeah, but they already have like a couple of my favorites, like uh, Marlon Chico Vera, who's fighting yeah. next weekend. Although maybe Claudio, maybe the last Claudio to do the fucking commentary for his fight. Maybe like, okay, you want, you know, let's see. That'd be great. Uh, that'd be, that'd but be they great. also have. Um, you know, Brandon Moreno for, for the for the Smash Brothers and Santiago Ponsonibio. They used to have Fabricio Verdun, even though he's uh, Brazilian. He lived in Spain for ten years and he speaks Spanish too. Awesome. Uh, anything more to say about that fight? No. We'll see what okay, happens dude. next. Yeah. The main event. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. First of all, one of the funniest most fucked up tweets i saw was from our girl drea did you see this where no. it was a fucking close-up of amanda lemish's face and you could see like jessica's gloves are around her or whatever and it just said help me <laughs> yeah it was um <clears throat> that was crazy um crazy submission um wasn't expecting the tap from that uh to be honest with you thought uh you know they'd fall on the ground or something else would happen but it was, um, yeah, good on Andrade. That was her. She's she's usually a flyweight, right? Well, no. So uh, Andrade started in the UFC as a bantamweight, and I'm pretty oh, sure it. that was because the strawweight division wasn't open yet, and uh-huh. she had mixed results because obviously she's five foot tall, uh-huh. was like very undersized, but she was she got some wins because she's strong as fuck and was able to muscle her way through some victories. Yeah. Uh, then dropped down her 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 115 debut was we saw uh 199 against Jessica Penny, which ah, I want yes. to talk about that fight in the forum because there's a question about it. Um, but she was a strawweight for a long time. Got the you know she got like th- I think she put together like three or four wins. Like they gave her the Angela Hill fight, and it was like okay, now you're ready for Joanna. She she lost to Joanna, but still went to 115. She's a she's fought mostly at strawweight in the UFC, 
And then this past like couple years, she was like, okay, maybe I'll try my hand at flyweight. Got the title shot against Val and lost. And then I, I can't remember if she had another fight at flyweight, but she's been back at 115. Mm. So I think that's her main way. And th- this is what I want to say also, like clearly as long as the weight cut isn't really tough, which I don't think it is, this is her weight class. Like she is stronger than these girls. She's quicker or as quick. Most of 115 pounders are pretty quick. Like this is yeah. her app weight class. And I know she has a, a loss to Rose, but she has a win over Rose too. Like they could do that trilogy and I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. I want to see the Carla rematch first, but yeah, you know, I mean, overall, I mean, just very pretty dominant performance from her. So yeah. Other than like, you know, not much to say about it other than the fucking first standing triangle in the UFC standing, standing <clears throat> arm triangle. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, so Chito Vera almost got one. Really? Yeah. I want to say it was his fight against Noeline Hernandez. I have to look it up. Uh, well, I would have to rewatch it because obviously it's not listed as that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think he finished that fight with like a knee, but there was one point where he he had it on the feet and the guy almost went out, but I think the round ended or something like that. Hmm. Got saved by the bell, but uh, yeah, very slick submission. Very much looking forward to one uh, Jessica being back at 115. Yeah, uh, so overall, I mean, like I said, <clears throat> fight card was pretty pretty good. Um, uh, I'm interested to see what happens next weekend, um, with uh, Tito and um, Rob. Uh, I'm very interested in that fight, dude. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. I haven't looked at the the rest of the card to see if there's any matchups I'm uh, otherwise interested in, but that main event is for me as as good a, a bantamweight non-title fight as we're gonna get right now. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's uh, move forward to take a small break, and then when we come back, we'll be going over the forum. And we are back. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, the forum starts now. Our first question is from the homie MMA by Milliken. Dude, I got to give a shout out to Milliken because um, I sent a question into his podcast. Um, I talked about, We talked about, I think, last episode of the episode before. I've been binge watching Game of Thrones, like re watching, catching up. Yeah. And I sent him a question. I was like, what are some of your favorite Game of Thrones characters and what. Um, fighters would you compare them to or something like that he had the most fucking accurate comparison of the stark sisters mm-hmm. to the shevchenko sisters nice love it yep he was like you got Arya stark trained assassin fucking badass kill someone without thinking you got sansa nice to look at useless in battle yeah Arya, valentina yeah. yep Fucking Sansa, Sansa yeah. Antonina. Yep. It's like holy shit. That's really, really good example. One to one, I would like maybe Arya and Valentina is our, but like without that, I wouldn't think like oh Sansa and Antonina. But with the compare of the sisters specifically, like the oh, yeah. pairs, I was like Chef's Kiss. Like that is on as on the button as you could be. Oh yeah, Hilar- dude, Ooh. I love this. 
And he actually actually returned the asked us a Game of Thrones question. Oh, I'm great. spoiling it, but let me just play. Yeah, it okay, right now. wait. I was like, it's not really a spoiler, but I'm about to play. I'm just saying, like, I should just let him do it instead of me talking about it. What's going on, fellas? It's your man, MMA by Miller Ken Leo. Have you checked out the latest season of Attack on Titan? And for Juice, if you could add a fighter to the Game of Thrones TV series, who would it be? Like, I thought about, um, like just the ladies have like an Amazon kind of thing going on. We have all the female fighters, the best female fighters, Cyborg, uh, Valentina, Andrade, just have like an Amazon thing going on with all the female fighters. But who would you add um, as a fighter to the show? You guys take care. Great, great question. I unfortunately have not checked out the new um, season of Attack on Titan. I actually stopped watching Attack on Titan after the first season. Uh, but now that it's ending, I'm probably going to catch up with that whenever I uh, get to uh, Texas because I thoroughly did enjoy that series. Bunch of free time as well. Yeah, it's, it feels that way, and I'm probably watching them with with Oliver. You know, it's a very violent show, so I like showing my kid that. <laughs> uh, no, um, yeah, I do. I do need to catch up on that. I need to catch up on the new Demon Slayer. There's a lot of stuff I need to catch up on. So, right. Anyway, There's with no that time. being said, yeah, no time, no time, but there will be. I mean, like I said, I'm in the process of moving, so we'll see. Uh, Juice, but you also watch Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. So who would I? Add? You can you can definitely chime in on this one. Okay. Who, who I was actually th- I was actually thinking when he, when he, when you brought up like Amazonian women and things like that. Yep. You know what would be a good one for <clears throat> my question where I said like what character reminds you of what fighter or whatever. Brienne of Tarth. Megan Anderson. Yes. Absolutely, tall. That's a good, muscular, yeah. Yeah, she's a great. She's and 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 loyal. just get and also getting into acting as well. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. She's in the new extraction movie with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Um, so she was filming did, that. Did like, you see it? I started. No, it hasn't, come, it. it hasn't come out yet. But but uh, she she just wrapped filming like maybe like okay. a couple nice. yeah just like a couple weeks ago. Um, so yeah. Uh, ooh, who would I add to the as a character for the? Because I'm thinking about all where the, all the characters have come from too. You know, obviously like, you know, Winterfell and um, mm. King's Landing and like Davos right. and all those play like all the interesting Davos places. Davos mean there. Bravos. Davos? Davos is Sir Davos, the Onion Knight. Oh right, right, the Onion Knight. Davos is Bravos. That's right. Um, Davos is the fucking place. The um, where, where the bank is and the goddamn and the faceless, faceless man. man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Back in Hagar. Yeah. I'm um, yes. He's one of my favorite characters. At least he was in the first season. I'm he pretty really... sure. I'm pretty sure he wasn't. I remember reading this like he his character wasn't supposed to be as big as it was, but yeah. people fucking loved him, and they were like, "Okay, you're, yeah. you're writing him more shit." Yeah, when they tried, well, yeah, when they when they gave him more of an arc for Arya's stuff, I, I liked him less. But when he like that first season yeah. when he showed up, you're like, "This is fucking mysterious guy." <laughs> like it was really that was really cool. Um a fighter that could be added perfectly to it. All right. I have one. I mean, it's gotta be Yuri. Dude. I mean, come on, dude. Like Yuri would be an amazing white Walker actually. Cause I feel like as, oh, yeah. as random as he is, as crazy as I don't think he'd be that good at acting in That's terms fair. of like delivering lines, but it, tell him to show up and do some crazy shit. He will fucking do That's that. That's true. As a white Walker. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, that does sound like a good idea. Yeah. Maybe do like a small storyline of him turning into a White Walker, and then yeah, I like yeah. that. I mean, they did exactly. that a couple times on the show. He could, where they yeah, he could be a wildling, and then yeah, he fucking, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He kills like five White Walkers, and then all of a sudden yeah. one kills him, yeah, and gets he him. comes yeah. back. He's like, 
Yeah. Where's the trees? Where's the trees? Where are they? Even, and even though White Walkers don't talk, he was like, I have to. Hey, Yuri, cut real quick. We got to. White Walkers don't. I have to. <laughs> okay. You know, right, I guess we'll fix, we'll, it in post. we'll fix it in post. Yeah, just go ahead to. and say what you want. Yeah, you yeah. have to because I'm going to beat the shit out of you right now. I'll punch you 500 times. Dude, I, the, docu- dude the documentary that's coming out in Portugal or whatever, they need to. Poland? Is it Poland? I mean, he's no, I think Polish. It's... No, he's Czech. I'm sorry. Well, no, he's Czech. So different. He's but Czech, but I don't think... it's, it's Portugal. Uh, it's coming I thought out. It was in his home country. Whatever. Is it, it is. in his home country? I don't know. Something. Hold on. You see. tweeted it and I went crazy. Yeah, because I mean, I fucking love the idea. By the way, did you pick up on the screenshot that I? Oh, in Prague, check. Prague, but, obviously. Yeah, Prague, Prague, check. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. why. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it comes out on the fourth. Oh no, it comes out on the the third of may, of april not may mm. i want to watch it uh, perversion is going to be the last chapter i mean Maybe hardest we and the should, most beautiful. um even though the if there's the not holly berry one was so bad because that movie was so bad yeah we if there's do a live watch of the yuri documentary yeah if there's Patreon. not yeah if we can watch it i i will be down for that I'll, yeah we'll take some time i mean like i said i have two weeks if this comes out on the fifth i i get to texas around like the 11th so maybe we can pick some time like in the in that two week span where I'm uh, waiting for Oliver to get there, I'm gonna do Fuck a little yeah, patron, patron episode watching because I don't know, man. It's a it's I don't know. I'm so first of all the fact that they got he got a documentary crew to follow him around. So yeah, I, I mean know. I gotta know. Yeah, although in some ways I'm worried. Like, will it, will it break the mystique? Because part of part of it is like we don't really know how much he does, but like at the same time, what we do know is what is creating the mystique. Well, I mean, now who who is he training with now? The forest. He's not. He's training with some. He's like in a gym now. He I can't remember who. Oh, is it? He's a, he's a part of a team now. I think. I think he just joined a team. I'm almost positive. Which is which is what's ruining the. Are mistake. you sure it's not the ends? From Lord of the Rings. No, it's not. But I did. Ah, he should just not join a gym. He should just be coachless. Oh, dude! Oh, could you imagine? Can we just literally? He has no corner. Like, <laughs> it's just a, it's just a bunch of mist. <laughs> you just you just see like a mist cloud coming in, like putting him to the, sitting him down on the stool, and he's like, "That's what I thought." <laughs> and everyone's like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like, mm, good call. No water. <laughs> he just opens his mouth. <laughs> what a what? Oh man. Dude. He's created. He's becoming such a great person for us to, to our reference point because he's such a crazy person. So that's what I mean. Like I love he that. He comes idea. out uh, in his walkout instead of walking. He just sort of floats. Oh man, dude, come on! How fucking sick would that be, dude? And and then and then all of a sudden there's just a bunch of mist around him, and he's like, "Don't get away! I gotta. These are my coaches. This is my moment. Yeah, <laughs> these are my coaches. What? Oh, oh. <laughs> we get killed when they no walk pictures. through us. <laughs> Oh, dude. dude could you imagine mist walking into the fucking octagon to make sure he's doing okay love I can't. it I can't. love it ah oh, dude such they a unlock weird... the octagon door just yeah, sort of pours uh, in yeah just goes to him stays around him for a little bit of t- dude it's such a cool idea damn he's i cannot wait for this documentary i hope they fucking follow him into the forest 
I hope he slips. I hope he sleeps with like 19 wolves <laughs> in the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows all of their names. Oh, dude. Dude, we're making this great lore about him. I can't wait. I hope this documentary lives this up to This one's name it, is Byron? It, it won't. It won't because what we're creating in our head of him is so great. But yeah. He's a little bit of a joker. Thank <laughs> <laughs> they all personalities as well. Dude, I, I'm, I'm so excited for this documentary. I cannot wait to see what crazy shit he says. I'm so excited. Um, no fucking way. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, Yuri would be a perfect would be a perfect addition to Game of Thrones. Perfect addition to Game of Thrones. I was thinking of a couple of things. So <clears throat> for for me, there's nothing worse than a bad English dialect. Fair. And specifically, a lot of the dialects in Game of Thrones are like Northern English. Yes. So no, it's like, you know who would be really good in the show is fucking Tom Aspinall. Oh, yeah. Oh, he'd be great. He'd be a great soldier. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like he would be very good at acting, but I feel like just being like the muscle and just being like a fucking like, you know, he has a, like so, yeah, someone's guard or something. Yeah. Or whatever, like he'll yeah. he will have that dialogue. Like like being Sansa's guard or something. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. I like that idea for him. Hmm. But what they're filming now is the prequel, which yes. is based around the Targaryens. The House of uh House of Dragons. Targaryen. Oh yeah, oh, House of Dragons, Dragons is the name. The name. Yeah. yeah. Um and those are more well, first of all, they're more like high, high regal speak. Yeah, yeah, regal. Yeah, yeah. They they speak in RP, which no one in the UFC fucking speaks in RP. The the closest like even associated would be like John Good. Yeah, would be yeah, would be like Leon Edwards. No, bro. I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> Although Leon Leon Edwards in the main show. I'm trying to think of like who he would be good in like what like realm or whatever, but there there's a there's a place for Leon Edwards somewhere. Yeah, there's a place for all the fighters. Maybe uh, maybe in the the Night's Watch. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so fucking like Leon like just fucking cast away like that's what we think about. <laughs> it's like <laughs> forgotten on the fucking Night's Watch. <laughs> um, what's it called? No, I was thinking of um, J- John Gooden. Yeah, in House Targaryen. Oh, I guess what's his name could also he doesn't you know he's not in the UFC anymore, but um and he was only a commentator was uh what's his name? The guy that got in, that got into an argument with um Dan Hardy? Dan Hardy, yeah, there we go. Dan Hardy. Yeah, he's Dan a former Hardy. UFC fighter as well, so that yeah. works. Yeah, exactly. He'd fit in there. He'd fit in there. Oh, you know who would be this is like just an MMA personality. Gareth A. Davies. Yes. Got that fucking silver hair. Yeah, I got the cute like lava. John Lennon. You know I'm right. Um, <laughs> speaks like amazing RP. Also speaks really good Spanish. By the way, he used to live in Spain, I think. Um, nice. So he would, he would. I feel like he would be good as like being a Targaryen, but like also maybe like negotiating with the the Dornish because the the Dornish accents are mostly like. I think they're meant to be Hispanic. Like, mm-hmm. First of all, they had uh, Pedro Pascal play Obrin Martel, who is literally from Chile mm-hmm. and just had his own accent. The fucking yep. way he was like talking about being bisexual, like the gods made this and it pleases me. The gods made this and it pleases me. 
And it's like, oh, I never acquired the taste. Well, you are missing out on half of life's pleasures. I love it. Yeah. It was so great in that. Um, so fucking good. Yeah. Also, I forgot how little um, Thor Bjornsson is actually in. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He, like, he doesn't. I remember yeah. looking up later that there was like three different mountains. One that was for, that, that was, did most of one that actually had some lines and like, the, mm-hmm. the one that uh, got knocked off the horse by Loris Tyrell and yep, whatever. Yep, yep. And then there was another, like, I think for maybe one episode, this other guy, and then the mountain just wasn't around for a while. Probably yeah. they were trying to find somebody. And then literally the fucking episode where I just referenced where he almost dies and fucking squeezes yeah. Oberyn Martell's head, head was yeah. the first scene, the first episode that he was in. And I was like, yeah. wait, what the fuck? Yeah, they the rest the... of the time, he's a zombie because of the fucking yeah. weird-ass... Disgraced Maester guy brought him back to life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, he wasn't in it for, but everyone knows him. Hafthor Beyonce as right, you know, as the mountain. So because we seen off his boxing it. match. Yeah, I heard it was pretty good. I mean, I heard he landed a lot of a lot of nice shots on Eddie Paul. So anyway, yeah. uh, well, thank you, Milliken. Yep. Yep. For the Milliken. question, shout out to Milliken. I almost wanted to say, oh, dude, I just remembered for some reason. Gunner fucking Nelson. Yeah, put that in there. Especially because, like, uh, I, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy that plays Tormund, he's from Norway. It's like a similar. Oh, yeah. Like with the wildlings. Yes, Got exactly. Hmm. But Gunner is also um, fucking. Like blonde hair, blue eye, so he could literally be a Targaryen. Maybe they would have him speak Valyrian the whole time, so that he didn't have to like show his accent. I bet he could hmm. do it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, HBO put Gunner in House of Dragons. Yeah. Right now. Hey, HBO put him in Game of Thrones. You know. Yeah, just go to... back in time. Yeah. No, the the new one. I said House of Dragons. Oh, right, right. Fucking a. Thank you, Milliken. Wow, we spent a lot of time on that question. Yeah. Well. You're just you're watching. It, all, it always right happens now, yeah. whenever we don't have a lot of questions. We always spend like a fucking half hour on each one. You're you are rewatching it right now, so <clears throat> I am, dude. I'm on, I'm in season six already. I'm like halfway through. And Jeez. I was thinking about this. Remember, I said, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop uh, when, it when it's bad. When it gets bad, I can already tell it's not gonna happen." Yeah, you're just gonna keep going. Because first of all, I'm like a glutton for punishment. Like we talk about how like you're getting close. I'll tell you. Yeah, I'm getting close. It's it's already gonna like be because I remember season seven was like, mm, like I didn't hate it as much as everyone else did. Yes. Like, initially, I didn't hate eight as much. Like you absolutely hated. Oh, I it from thought jump. it was atrocious. Atrocious. And like in hindsight, it was. But at the time, I was like, okay, let's see where oh, they go no, with yeah. this. I think it was like, obviously, the last like three were just like, okay, you're fucking shitting on this entire franchise with these. Did- but like, yeah, I had this thought the other day how I want to see. Remember how they were talking about how like there was like Starbucks cups left out? Oh, like, yeah, water. yeah, yeah. I never saw those live. I only saw the little screen caps the day of. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that's true. Let me see. Although, of course, I think they have the ability to like edit in after the fact, yep, like yep. take them out. So like maybe I'm not. Maybe they were there and they've already done that. So like but like I want to watch just for that, just to see if I can see those. Plus. Not for nothing. I liked the battle scene. I know it was like dark for about 20 minutes and everyone was like, yeah, but cinematography, but like, I really liked the fucking bit with the dragons and Arya killing the the night King. 
it was pretty that was pretty cool but outside of that i don't know like the battle of bastards was so much better yes 150%. like just the stakes of the battle of bastards i'm so almost much. there i think uh yeah or, or was yeah. that in, was that in the eighth season or no? that season that's season six battle of bastards that's is a, is is because uh, uh, I'm, I'm literally i'm literally right after the part like the, the episode i just finished is mm-hmm. when uh john gets the letter that's saying like oh i'm gonna fucking basically a bunch of threats yeah john and uh and like when son said yeah john he, he gets the the raven from ramsey and so and john is like reading it and sense is like we have to defend our home like the most backbone sansa has ever had yeah, yeah. like now sansa's starting to become a good character yeah exactly uh yeah, that 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 one was. Oh. I don't know. I remember that battle being just so epic. I'm pretty sure I'm at the episode where we find out the origin of Hodor's name. Oh yeah, sad, sad episode. Because literally the title of this episode is "The Door," and I was like, "Yeah, oh well, I know what this is about." Yeah, well, I know I'm about to cry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to our next voice question. No, no. Just kidding. Yes, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. just, let's keep talking about Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, let's keep talking. This is now a Game of Thrones podcast. Yeah. Um, Hey, Juice and Leo, it is Ty from the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast. We're kind of on a break right now, so it's kind of weird saying Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast. Um, But besides all that, um, so I watched a UFC fight for the first time in about two weeks, the Jessica Andrade versus Amanda Lemos fight. And I have to say, I was really impressed with Jessica Andrade's standing uh, triangle choke. definitely the first one that's ever been done in the UFC. So my question for you today is this, what are your guys's top five most impressive submission att- uh, submissions in uh, UFC history? Let me know what you think. I love the show and I'll catch you guys later. Peace. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. I have it's a great question. I, 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 I know I have two in my brain at this point, uh, like that pop in my head, like immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, at least my, um, my, the, the Bryce Mitchell twister, uh, that was in the UFC. Uh, I think that was like his, maybe like second fight or third fight in the UFC. I don't even know how, how early on yeah. that was, uh, uh, Brian Ortega's, uh, uh, guillotine on Cub Swanson, the readjustment for that one, uh, yes. was blew my fucking mind. Uh, fucking number three i mean actually number one for me at the time was fucking demetrius johnson and ray borg that yes, fucking the mighty whiz bar the mighty whiz bar i think blew everyone's mind at the time uh so that's definitely number Which one i'm for so me. mad about that name right because immediately in the post-fight press conference <clears throat> um that like some of the media members were like oh someone has a name for it i want to say it was like john morgan or whatever and they were like the mousetrap which is a great name for it. And he goes, no, it's not that. I already have an, uh, a submission called the mousetrap and it's not that. And we're like, uh, I'm sorry, what? You guys like, maybe I'll pull it off and you'll see, but I'm not telling you about it. And then Luke Thomas, like, I think like probably six months after that, he said, highlight of my year, Demetrius Johnson just showed me the mousetrap and did it on me. And I was like, okay, man. Why is everyone being so secretive about this goddamn submit? Like, just tell us. And the name, not for nothing, Mighty Wizbar, it's kind of lame. But That's like fair. it doesn't, it does deserve a unique ass name because it is a unique a ass. A unique name. situation. Because it's it's just uh 
it is just it's a an suplex arm to an armbar. Yeah, right. It's, it's but the setup that makes it unique. Yeah, that's but the whole like, setup. Th- those that, are that's lightning in a bottle. We'll never get that. I mean, not ever. never, but like the athleticism to do that is is off the charts. The 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 thought to put that thought in your brain to think that that's going to work is a lot. To to, to think yes. about it is different, but to execute is completely different. To think that someone's going to think that again, like oh, I got this guy's back. Let me throw him up and grab his arm in the air. Absolutely not. There's absolutely no way anyone's going to think that ever again in a fight. Um, maybe who knows? Uh, it's to think it's also other- like the reason that was even able to pull it off is, is because the the skill <clears throat> gap between Ray Borg and Demetrius Johnson is like. Like we're talking about a guy who is one of the best martial artists of all time and a guy who is uh, a prelim fighter at best. Right. right. Uh, okay. I would say no so, disrespect, but obviously I'm being kind of disrespectful. Right, a little disrespectful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very disrespectful. Yeah, a little disrespectful. Anyway, like he, he was throwing him around. Like he was, he was dominating every second of that fight up until then he was like oh you think you're because Demetri Johnson was doing like the John Jones thing where I like oh I'll beat you at your own game because like the, what even got Ray Borg the title shot and what was able he was able to win most of his fights in the UFC was his scramble game and Demetri was like well you think you're gonna scramble I'm gonna scramble that that whole fight was just scrambles they were just fucking scrambling and Demetri Johnson was toying with him dude yeah and then gets his back does the suplex switches the thing amazing it was actually funny crazy. enough. I think I've told the story in the podcast before. I don't know if I've told the second part that um, that fight happened. That fight card was the day that I moved to New Jersey. Oh, right. It was like literally October 6, 2017. I want to say mm-hmm. uh, we were driving. I fucking we got there. I proposed to Kate. Yep. Turn the fights on. Watch the fight. Completely like blew my mind. Fucking amazing day. The next day, I want to say, this is the part I haven't told. I went to my brother-in-law's Muay Thai class, which is where I met T-Cross for the first time. And they yep. were all talking about it there. Yeah. They were like, did you see that fucking arm bar? Like, they were t- like, was like, he's the best of all time, whatever. Like, it was just, I was like, wow, this is fucking nice. Just fucking chilling, talking to these Muay Thai guys about fucking MMA. Yeah, and I think that you, I don't even know who you connected with outside of me for UFC in LA. I didn't. Yeah, none. It was just me and you that were yeah, talking I mean, about it. Randoms at the bar, maybe. Yeah. Like, but not no, 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 like, yeah, dedicated. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And right when you get to New Jersey, literally the next day, you're meeting. That's funny. That's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So that's three. I'm trying to think of any ones that's really other, other ones that stick out in my mind that, like, I was like, man, that was. A fucking phenomenal. Uh, well, I have a few. Go on. I, I agree with all the ones you said. Um, <clears throat> the Ezekiel choke. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, any, fucking... anytime Alexi's pulled off, I think he's done at least twice in the UFC. When, when Ale- the first time Alexi did it and everyone was confused, that was my favorite one. When everyone was like, oh, I think that was the Victor Peshta one because, like, he, he let Victor get mad. If you do it in slow mo, Alexi fucking dropped his hip to bait him in. Does like, oh, you want to mount me? Come on, mount me. He took the bait. Fucking got the Ezekiel. Yeah. The and other then time it, he got the Ezekiel was amazing to me. It was against Junior Albini. He got it from standing, mm-hmm. but he dragged him to the floor. So it didn't count as a standing Ezekiel, but they were in the clinch. He fucking wrapped it up and fell backwards. It was so gangster, yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, that was really interesting because I remember everyone was like, what happened? I just remember it was like, exactly. It literally, it literally just looked like, um, 
he was just laying on top. Like it was just pressure. And that was it. Like, it was just like his body weight had knocked. Um, who was it? Uh, Victor Peshta. Yeah. It looked like it, it, like that's what had knocked him. Just like that. His, his shoulder was bearing into his neck and he lost consciousness. But you look at the, the choke actually and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I, I remember that they, they were like, they tapped and there was like, wait, what? I was like, wait, what's, what's going on? Like what, what the guy on the bottom tapped? I'm, I'm very confused. Um, the, the guy in the top tap, top tap. That's the right. Guy in the bottom one. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hmm. You mentioned Good. Bryce's twister. I think the zombie one zombies yeah. over Leonard Garcia. Right. Um, did he say MMA or UFC? I think he said UFC. I'm gonna like, say well, my helicopter, helicopter armbar. The helicopter armbar from who is now from a guy who's now in the UFC, Chago Moises. But this happened in well, at the time RFA, which now merged with it was like Legacy Fighting Championship LFC, yeah, LFA. another LFA. LFA. Right, bro. And this this isn't like one of the best submissions of all time in terms of like just whatever, but like the style points. Yeah, when it's your top. Nate Diaz submit. Kurt Pellegrino with a fucking triangle and he's flipping him off the double birds. Yeah. That was pretty That's iconic. One of my favorite. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other ones that like really, really um, stand out to me. Yeah, because I, I don't know. Josh Barnett's go-go choke. <clears throat> Especially getting it on Josh Barnett who like I don't think had ever been submitted before and is a very good grappler. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it, it's because some of those chokes are so, like, spectacular and, like, just, you know, like you said, the helicopter on bar will never probably ever happen again. Um, uh, the, the, the Mighty Wiz bar will probably never happen again. Um, but like I said, Brian, Brian, the reason why Brian's is so impressive for me is just is the readjust. It was such a weird, yeah. like, thing I, I don't think a lot of people had seen before. And everyone was it talking, was like you know, midair. Yeah. Like, he yeah. had the guillotine. Cub was standing, but he was yeah. like clamped on it. Yeah. And it wasn't like a standing guillotine, like where you do where you're like lifting him up. He literally tried to pull him into his guard, but Cub was like still standing. And yeah. then he readjusted midair. That's yeah. what was amazing about it. Yeah. Um so that's the that's the thing. It's like those those weird situations where you watch them and and you're just like the fucking oh. Suluev stretch that Aljo did on Cody Stamen and then Zabit did it on Brandon Davis. Oh yeah. Night. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was, a, that, that was, was a, a good one. Crazy night. That was a crazy like, night because of the fact that I've never yeah. seen before. Hey, here it is the again. same one yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty crazy. That's literally like, not literally, but it's almost exactly the same as, as fucking Paul Craig getting the submission over, which by the way, we can add that to that list over Magomed on with one second to go. Oh yeah. Setting a record for the, latest finish in a three-round fight and then leon edwards getting a tko at the same time one second left it's like someone already just did that <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty great uh yeah so the, yeah that's i mean what is that like six seven yeah we did it we did a ton yeah we got a good probably like five between us something um, like that there's also fucking brett johns got a calf slicer I want to say it was against. I can pick. I'm picturing the guy right now. He fought TJ Dillashaw on like 24 hours notice. Joe Soto, I think. Mm-hmm. It may not have been him, but that's who I'm picturing it against. You got a calf slicer, which is apparently like hard to get a tap from because it's not like it's just painful. Yeah, it's not really anything, but like. Hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for the fucking. Uh, thank you for the great question, Ty. Very strange. Very strange. Apparently, there's I accidentally a- hit pause on the recording, so that's why there's a little bit of a bump. A little bit of a little fucking. I had to repeat myself. Yeah. Anyway, dude. Peek behind the curtain. We got it. Pulling back we'll our tips. blinders. That's another show I've been wanting to rewatch. Yeah, because it's coming. It's back now, right? Like sure. the final season is is airing now. I think. Uh, I don't know because we stopped watching it. Uh, pretty sure the final season's airing now, so you're 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 catching up in time. Speaking, I mean, I cannot wait for Friday. I'm I'm watching the shit out of Ozark. Oh, that's the one with uh, Jason Bateman and uh, Laura Linney. Yeah, Laura Linney. Uh, I love Laura Linney. I also love yeah. Jason Bateman. Never seen that show. I yeah, keep hearing pretty... how amazing it is, and like, yeah. I've seen, like, I re- I remember um, Kate, Kate's grandfather really likes the show. Yeah. I remember it being on while I was making my uh, kitchen, like at their house when we lived there. Like the kitchen is right next to the other living room where he watches TV. So I had a view of the TV, and I I saw kind of most of one episode. I was like, oh, this is kind of intriguing, but yeah, it's really uh, it. I mean, I mean, just it, it shows good. I mean, the writing's really good, but like Laura Linney and and Jason Bateman. I mean, honestly, Laura Lenny can get it. That's all I'm saying. She can yeah. 100% get it. Um, uh, have you seen her in Love Actually? Huh. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Lock it down. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Grab that thing. I locked that motherfucker up. You know, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited for that. And I'm I'm also trying to, like I said, uh, once Attack on Titan finishes, I'll probably watch that and a bunch of stuff. But, yes, definitely Orzark this week. Barry is coming back today, I think. Oh. Can we do Remember how I said we were also rewatching The Good Place? Oh yeah, Darcy Carden on that show. Oh yeah, should have won all the awards. And criminally underrated. Yeah. Criminally underrated. Like one of the first of all, that's one of the best characters ever written. All, but also one of the best portrayals of that that you could possibly. Like she's perfect for that role, mm-hmm. and she's also. I mean, her role isn't that big in Barry, but she's good in it. And oh yeah, I haven't seen it. Like, dude, Barry is one of the fucking best shows that doesn't get talked about enough yeah like i, I heard uh, darcy on a podcast talking about how it came back and how like they they were stalled basically because of the pandemic and that they were kind of like they i think they were like mid-filming and then they they had to like rewrite some things because like things changed or something and they couldn't do so that's that's why there was like a whole delay but yeah um she talked about how they're really close with the cast and like how henry winkler is like really fucking nice and i'm like dude i love that because like He's been around since forever and he could totally be a dick. Like you hear, you hear about like Chevy Chase being an absolute piece of shit on set. Yep. Like Henry Winkler apparently is so nice. Yeah. No, I, I like I said, it's lots of good TV coming our way. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited for it. That's why I get, I get overwhelmed by it because there's so many like, I, I dude, agree. Moon Knight. I haven't seen any of it yet. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, there's people uh, calling su- it the best Marvel show so far, uh, you know, succession severance. I'm hearing all these great things. I'm hearing all these great things about all these shows. Apparently Damn. Severance is filmed in my work. Oh, really? Not my, but like the, the it's part of like a big office building where, like I said, we have the biggest part portion of it, but it's mm-hmm. filmed somewhere else in, within there. That network. Maybe, maybe even a part of my like company that I don't know, but like the play, it's called Bell Works is the place. Right. Not my company, but that's the name of the office. Name of the office building, space. Of, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, apparently it's really like good. Adam Scott's amazing. So yeah, uh, uh, party down. Party down's coming back. Yeah, dude. party down. Yeah. Like yeah, dude, I can't. Yeah, tons of stuff coming. But you know, anyway, this I, is an honestly, MMA podcast. 
well kind of <laughs> yeah um, that's true i i'm low-key nervous for party down me too talked about it because absolutely like, as much as i didn't want it to end the ending was perfect of yeah. adam scott going into an audition room it's like oh, okay yeah. i'm i'm going back to it and now like if if you if you do the show and Adam Scott is is working with the caterers, I'm already not interested. Yeah, I'm interested to see what the deal is. I mean, to be honest with you though, like I, I don't know. I, I was actually having this conversation with um with my friend the other day, and uh, what had happened was I was at a, a party with a friend, and one of my favorite actors, uh, not one of my favorite actors, one of my favorite movies is called Thunder Road. It's a it's a movie by Jim Cummings. Uh, who like was pretty much just all about self-producing your own movies. It, it became a darling at uh, South by Southwest. It went to con all this stuff. Anyway, there's a guy in there who plays his partner in it. And he was so amazing, like so, so good. And I happened to meet him at this party where there's like oh. only like six or seven of us. Right. So I'm, I, I meet him and I'm like, wait, I was like, I know that guy. And I was like, Oh my God, it's fucking him. So anyways, we're all chatting and all that stuff. And he like, is like kind of like, in the background a little bit and then, and then someone goes like oh yeah well i remember him because of the fact that he was really good in this thing and it was a different movie and then he's like oh yeah thank you and i was like okay man i gotta say this out loud i'm sorry you're like the best part of this movie and he's like what movie i was like you're my favorite movie and he was like what's that i was like thunder Road. he's like oh thank you so much and i was like yeah man you are like that scene that you're in with with jim is the best representation of love that i've ever seen on screen of like just caring for another human being. I was like, I was crying a lot because it was so well done. It was about being there for your friend. And it, it's the most beautiful rendition I've ever seen of it on screen. And he was really like heartfelt and touched. That. Dude, it's awesome. The fucking first 10 minutes of that movie are hilarious. Jim is amazing, amazing actor. But anyway, so, but the thing is, is that I was watching him do what he was doing, uh, you know, on the, uh, in the movie. And I was like, man, this guy's going to get a bunch of more, more stuff. But while we're at the party, I hear him talking about the fact that he's a substitute teacher currently. And I was just like, you know, it does it like with the way that acting works, with the way that everything kind of goes along, is that the timing is is going to be there whether you have talent or not. It's just timing. It's just getting into the right place at the right time. And that's because like you see so many people that make it successfully that aren't incredibly talented. Then you see some people that are really successful that never, that never do anything ever again. And I was saying like, that kind of gives me a kind of a comfort in the idea that I can still keep doing this in this town when I want to, if I would decide to come back, because it's all about timing. Like, and, and, and you see the, and you know, we're talking about these TV shows and like, you see these shows that become big pop culture zeitgeisty things and the actors don't move on from them jim perrick from true blood he played hoyt you know amazing oh, yeah. amazing in that show don't really and see it does him a lot much. of theater too yeah uh ryan quantin played jason stackhouse smart brilliant guy rarely see him you know what i mean it's just like it's a it's really crazy that that you, you think about them and then all of a sudden it's like they're gone. It's like a flash in a pan. And it's what I said, you can take comfort in the idea that there's people that are going to work their whole lives. And even when you get to the point, I mean, like I said, he did the whole thing. He, he auditioned for a movie that he got into that had good production value that went to South by Southwest, that one South by Southwest that went to con that, you know, like we're talking the full trajectory of like, wow, that should be that, that, Hey, Hey, you made it now. Guess what? Don't worry about anything. You're an actor now. 
to talking to him about being, I was like, oh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kind of talent. It doesn't. Yeah, the trajectory well, is different. We're gonna flash in a pan. JB. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but that's different. But it's a little bit different just because of the fact that, like, obviously, that was like a very specific thing for what's the guy's name. Uh, Phillips. Todd Phillips, yeah, um, you know, being the person that wanted it to yeah. be kind of more naturalistic, or I guess, of people doing that stuff. But it's just like one of those things that, like, it kind of gives you the confidence of, like, at least for me, just pursuing it and like kind of taking this little break from from being in Hollywood is that it's all about this this timing aspect, and like you're just going to remember these people. And now, obviously, a lot of people in the shows that we know, like Adam Scott, and but that's oh, that's was the point I was actually going back to was that him going back to work for the catering company. Now that I witnessed that I actually now believe because now that I've witnessed that this guy was, did the whole trajectory and now he's back doing his day job. I believe I will, if they write about that, I will believe that storyline now that I've seen this in real life. Not a lot of people will because they don't, the ins and outs of it. It's like, yeah. that's the style, but I will tell you like, no, you're right. I mean, it, de- it depends on how they do it. Of course, absolutely. And and to be honest with you, like Rob Thomas and and all those guys, like you know, they wrote Veronica Mars and and yeah. Uh, so I have a I have faith in them. Um, and the whole cast is back. I mean, you got to bring Ken Marino back. He's so fun. He was so funny in the He's first iconic season. In that. And Ken the first season is so yeah. underrated. He very incredibly underrated comedian. Just one of the funniest guys on the planet Earth. You know who else is um, so good on that show? And I, I wish I knew I knew his name. He was fucking his his character on I think it was like Beaver in Veronica Mars, the blonde guy. Yeah, Ryan Hansen. Yes. Uh, he's yes. amazing. He's so like, fucking funny. He's such like a pretty boy, like the kind of people I hated when we were in college. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, they get all the fucking parts. Like, I want to like dude he's so, so fucking funny absolutely 100 he's, like, so like, he's like kind of like ryan reynolds in that regard we're like oh you don't need to be funny you're attractive right. like you just happen to be he's yeah. so good absolutely the fucking scene in the in the first season i think or one of the seasons where he's like doing his song and it was like sustain me yeah to the girl yeah the first yeah. episode that's so fucking funny um but anyway uh tons of oh good tv God. i forgot what we were talking about anyways we have a, we have two more questions, right? No, this is now a TV podcast. Oh, great, fantastic, bro! We should do a separate Patreon podcast where we just talk about TV and movies. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, we'll talk about we that later. a lot about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, all right. Here's uh, here's Rhino. Hey, Juice and Lee, what's your big homie Rhino from the Combat Sports with Rhino podcast? So yesterday was just a veritable buffet of combat sports, and I loved it. So, you know, I watched the Fury fight, and then I watched the UFC, oh. and then I watched Bellator, and like all, all in all, probably you're looking at about 10 hours, I think, consumed of uh, live combat sports. So I know not everybody wants to do that, and that's totally over. That's totally okay. You guys are more normal than I am. Um, what, though, could you see yourself doing for 10 hours or 12 hours? Like, what's something that you love that you could just do all day, whether it's, you know, watching something, whether it's plays or movies or music? What's something you could do for, like, a continuous, let's say, 10 to 12 hours? Really looking forward to the answer. Talk to you guys soon. Peace. I've been thinking about this a lot since he left the question, like, a couple of hours ago. And I have my answer, but I don't know if you have an answer or if you want to go or no, go on. Yeah, you, you go on. So it's it's kind of like I don't want to be vague with it, but like 
the the only thing that I've ever done that's come close to that of doing the same thing for he said 10 hours, but then in the title of the question, he put 10 to 12 hours. Like it was basically it's half the day. It's like a whole thing. In high school, the in in Nevada, where I um did my high school most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Sorry, three out of four years. I did my yeah. senior year in Utah. Through mostly your your high school most, career. Most Got of it. my high, yeah, yeah. high school career. We the, every year they would do a state theater conference. And it was all day workshops and performances where like you would go, you would submit things. You would like, okay, I want to do a scene for this category. I want to do a monologue for this category. Like one year I got, um, I meddled in, in monologues. I did contrasting monologues. I did a, yep. a Neil Simon monologue and a Shakespeare monologue contrasting. It was really fucking good. Um, that's when I, by the way, that's when I first knew that I had a gift for like accents and dialects because I, I, I didn't learn anything from my teacher as far as how to do it, but I knew that that guy needed a New York dialect and I did one. And one of the judges literally wrote 10 out of 10 perfect accent. And I'm from New York. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. 15 years old reading that. It was yeah, fucking yeah. one of the best things ever, ever. Yeah. but like literally from like, yep. 8 a.m. 9 a.m. Yep. till 9 10 o'clock at night yep going from class to class workshop i literally did, would do like musical improv fucking yep. monologues fucking on camera work like go back to and it, and this is why i say it's it's like less specific because it's not the same thing like if you were to say like okay do you know improv for 12 hours that right, would be fucking right. exhausting absolutely do scenes for that like dude already during like tech week for shows we're doing like four hour rehearsals and i'm like jesus christ this is a lot yeah yeah which is, which is obviously different but like doing like creative yep. stuff but keeping it fresh and doing back to back i could do that absolutely every, every I, day. I totally i totally agree with you I, I i think that's something that's that's the answer for me also fucking um <laughs> no um but uh no but for real i think that that those those types of events that happen in high schools should be i mean they're already pretty well funded but they 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 need to be kind of elevated a little bit more because i will tell you that they're they're those those types of things are very formative i remember in in my acting in my idea of acting um which obviously not everyone gets this opportunity and and some people find acting later and obviously that's going to be fine we we are both attesting to that we're we're doing acting long down the line but but the seed the kernel that that leads to the idea of, of pursuit uh, can be found. Some of them can be found there in that, that, that idea. You know, it's like, you know, my, my, my kernel comes from my family. Like my, mine comes from like performing with, with my, my family at home, like doing fun, small, you know, videos and stuff like that. Then theater in high school or theater in, in middle school leading on to high school was like, okay, this is a little bit more, but those events, the, the, you, the turn, the, uh, competitions and the the workshops where you do like something for college or you do contrasting and all that stuff, that stuff is incredibly formative to how you feel about it. And like you said, you're getting to do it all day. And that is such yes. an exciting piece of things that need to be really, really utilized in the arts for, for children more often that would get them more invested in it. Because obviously, you know, you're going through a change in your life, um, you know, being in high school, like it's, it's pre adult, you're, you're, you're getting all this information and that a day like that, like you said, you know, one, you know what I mean? It's like once a year, but 
uh, or like sometimes, you know, depending on, on, uh, you know, the state or whatever, but usually it's about like one or one to two times a year, but it's like a full day and everyone's prepping for it and ready for it. Yeah. And sometimes you get hosted at your school. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting things about it, but it's very yeah. formative. It, I mean, to juice, it's very formative to who he became and it's very formative to who I was as well. These, they're just so awesome. They, they just make you, yeah, they make you feel vulnerable and being a teenager is already vulnerable, but the idea of like trying to push art and, when you're in control of it and not being vulnerable, like in like a, like embarrassment, like type of way, like you're getting embarrassed on something that you put effort into. Yeah. Like getting embarrassed in, 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 in high school is part of the course, but these things like not embarrassed, but I just mean like, you know, that, that the exhilaration of being able to fail because you're working on this thing is really incredibly formative, especially because like, it's like, you're not performing for your friends anymore. You're not performing for the teachers that, you know, you're performing for new people, completely new. And it is, it is, it is the biggest roller coaster, Like you said, of like, that's how I knew I could do accents really well because one judge said 10 out of 10, I'm from New York. That's the best New York accent I've ever heard, you know? And then like a couple of ways down the road, someone will look at you and they'll be like, that was all right. And then you'll be like, okay okay you know like it's the highs and low of it just really take you through it because of the fact that the effort that you're putting in changes your idea of like oh yes. shit i'm being vulnerable and it can be really good and really bad but the fact that i'm putting the effort into it and i'm in control is really cool it's just a really really cool like psychological like this is cool. I get to do this for people. And that's, and that's where it all starts to, to lead to. You're chasing the high of, of telling someone, Hey, I did this accent. I did that. You know, it leads to you playing Claudius, you know, and being the antithesis, you know I mean? It's so many, many great things that we've, we've come to know as actors. Um, you know, I don't want to bore anyone because we're obviously talking shop at this point, but you know, we, you know, you and I started, uh, you know, performing together early on in, 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 in my, in our LA career, you know, like not, not well, but I just mean like to exper experience that terrible experience to get that terrible, not terrible, bad theater, but it's not a terrible yeah. experience. Yeah. Speaking of that, I literally uh, was doing my resume today. Uh huh. And I, one of the reasons I never auditioned when we were in LA, other than the plays I did with Barbara and the one that you just referenced, which I didn't really audition for. I just got asked to do yep. all, all those really. I hated organizing a resume. I hated the fact that that was part of it. I, I hated like getting headshots. I hated all of that. Mm -hmm. I just was like, whatever. So like doing theater in New Jersey, like it's, there's less pressure on that. There's like a lot of people that just do it as a hobby. So like, you don't have to have a resume, you, you know, it's whatever, yeah. but like in under, getting ready for this audition for hair, it's like, I've, I've never wanted to be, it's like a dream show that I think I could be good at. And yeah. I'm like, I really want to fucking make a good impression. I'm going to like, I'm actually going to fucking do the work, like do the resume. And so I'm putting it in my resume and you know, you're supposed to get it on one page. Cause like, you don't want to fucking staple together. It's like, you know, one page. Uh -huh. I literally was like my credits that I wanted to be on there was like pushing it to the a second page and I had to remove one. And I was like, something's got to go fucking when it rains gasoline, gasoline was the first thing like didn't even think about it which obviously let me tell you something which is so interesting about like just also like la los angeles brings a lore that's like nowhere uh, uh, uh similar to new york la and los angeles as far as moving anywhere in the country to has yeah. dumb there it's dumb lore it's stupid 
Like yeah. the, the, it's dumb. You, you go, that's the thing. It's like, you go anywhere else outside of those places and you say, oh, well, I did theater in LA. They're like, oh, yeah. there's no fucking, what, what? you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's dude. weird. It's, it's very strange. Um, we worked at a car dealership and we worked at Beverly Hill, you know, like yeah, there's the, this, the name, it comes there's a prestige. There is a prestige that comes with that, that, is kind of weird, obviously, because it's like, well, obviously, when it rains, gasoline was a bad play. It was just a bad play. So bad. Um, but the experience it literally was written in 2001 and we were the world premiere in 2010. Yeah. So nine yeah. years went by and no one wanted to fucking do this play. Yeah. And when we did it, it was pretty, pretty atrocious. But with that being said, you know, we got to experience this, you know, it was fun to do with you guys. I mean, I, I loved yeah. it. But, you know, we, we've all. And I went out drunk on stage. <laughs> Yeah, so like, funny. I mean, great. Yeah, great, great moment of our of our friendship. You know, that kind yeah. of bonded us even closer uh, from from that point. But I just mean, how about Tom stepping in as that one character that I think was Matt True's role and yeah, put on guy liner. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Tom is Tom, Tom dressing up as emo or punk was it, the funniest shit I've ever seen. But just a strange, very strange play. But anyway, with that being said, you know we we really you know, we, we've, I've really thoroughly enjoyed doing it and I will probably enjoy doing it for the rest of my life. You know, like when yeah. I get a chance to do it, when I get a chance, I'm going to be in, in the creative field somehow, some way, whatever, whatever is going to happen for me. So I don't know. I just think that, Oh, uh, so there's that. Uh, also, I know it's going to sound not weird. If I have the time and I want to want to do it, if I want to play video games, I, if I if I don't play if specifically narrative games, I don't oftentimes like to play sport games or sometimes yeah. I do. But but if I play if I'm playing a narrative game, which now specifically with narrative games, back in the day it's like okay, a couple of times you know you lose whatever blah blah blah. But now if I don't have more than three hours, I will never get into the game. I need yeah. one day. I need one full day of playing like pretty much from nine to about seven at night for me to want to come back to play the next day. If I don't, if I get to three hours and I'm playing, I'll just be like, yeah, maybe I'll pick it up later. Uh, no, I need to have the full like attention to, to for the first day. So what happens it's, to me. Yeah, Breath especially of the Wild. those kind of games, it doesn't get good until like the fourth hour. Yeah. So like Breath of the Wild, uh, Red Dead uh, Redemption, all these longer games. I, I, I like when I was like, I'm going to play it. I knew I was like, okay, I have to set aside a day. I can't just, play casually it's too it's i need to be invested with that um, that's why the pandemic was so good for me to get back into gaming because i i had gotten the switch like the black friday right before the pandemic mm -hmm. and we didn't pick it up much and then when the pandemic hit and i were just at home i, I did one day like five six hours playing breath of the wild and i was like i'm in it dude i'm in <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't think i ever I don't, I don't think i played that much until like august or whatever this past year when psychonauts 2 came out yeah dude i spent so many hours playing that game and yeah. and like i i was just starting my new job i would like we had i think our class would like start at 10 some mm -hmm. days or nine i would wake up and just start playing and then as soon as like like five minutes before okay pause save whatever jump on the zoom for the for the training for my, my and then like oh you have an hour break okay cool i'm gonna play psychonauts while i have some food like <laughs> it 
uh, consumed you. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, yeah, that's probably. Yeah, you're, he's right. Like the right game. And then, like when we were, well, we had to separate because, um, Goo, uh, not Goose, but Doug had his surgery. Like my, my cat that had the surgery, we had to isolate. I just downloaded Kingdom Hearts. I spent a good five, probably fucking four hours playing Kingdom Hearts in there with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those are probably the, the things that I can do. And to be honest with you, like, Sometimes we get kind of close, like with UFC events. Sometimes whenever there, there are no finishes, oh. sometimes we're, you know, I mean, pushing that six, seven hours. There's there seven yeah. hours, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes <laughs> we're pushing that. So we're, we're already, you know, consuming a lot of it. Um, so that's, that's the other, that's the, uh, that is the other thing um, that whenever I, I'm, you know, out watching it. And then uh, probably just like, like cat videos. It's like 12 hours <laughs> of cat videos. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, but it's a good question, Rhino. Thank you. I mean, it led us down this weird tangent about how much we love acting. But yeah, you know what's another? This is so random. I just thought of like, you know, what's another thing that I've I've probably done like ten hours of at least. Mm. Fucking, and I haven't been since I was like a child, like a kid when I lived in Vegas, going to a water park. Oh, really, dude? In the sum in the summer, there's something imagine like, if, dude, if you if you grew up in Vegas, you know what I'm talking about. Wet and wild on the strip is the fucking shit. And I, I think a reopen is not as good, but like back in the day, dude, you, you would there. go. Cause like the lines were crazy. So you would Obviously. have to get there early. So we would get there at like 8am and we would stay late. That's why I say probably 12 hours, 10 hours, because we would, we'd just be there all fucking day. Mm-hmm. And like, there's so much to do. And then you have like the lazy river and just tons mm, of stuff, tons of stuff. Thank you, Rhino, for that amazing question. Definitely go check out his uh, his podcast. He's got a great interview with Devin Clark, who just sent William Knight to the Shadow Realm just a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Great interview. And here is my question. <laughs> Someone asked, I think it was Ty, who asked him about like embarrassing moments, and he quoted the Justin Kish one, and he, he gave us a little shout-out. He was like, Justin Leo will be proud that I uh, fucking referenced this one. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's there's not a lot. There's a couple of moments in UFC history, but that that one is pretty. Oh, you know, it's the other one of the other most embarrassing things that he didn't bring up that I just thought of now when fucking Yo Romero knocked the piss out of Luke Rockhold and then kissed him afterward. I I I would not fucking. That that was like honestly one of the only ones I've ever felt bad for Luke Rockhold. <laughs> And on only one of the other times, like he said something funny too, because like y'all Romero missed weight because he's a fucking habitual weight misser. Um, on the open workouts that week, he did salsa, and as soon as it came out, the news came out that um, that uh, y'all Romero was weight. He's like, should have been doing the fucking salsa in the sauna. <laughs> it was it was a pretty fucking good joke. Um, huh. All right, here is uh, speaking of good jokes. <laughs> That's a terrible segue. This is a, this is a question from uh, MMA Catfish. Hey, Julio, baby. It's the MMA Catfish. You know, I was just calling because I thought it was very brave of you both to pick uh, the Mike Jackson what's-his-name fight as your fight of the prelims to highlight. You know, both of you picking the same one. But, I mean, was that not the most MMA thing ever? Uh, three major fouls all within the first round, uh, and then the guy who got fouled can't continue, wins on disqualification, and the other guy goes on Twitter 
ranting about how he's a bitch and didn't want to fight and should have just got back up and let him continue fouling him for the rest of the fight. <laughs> uh, and then eventually ends up quitting Twitter because he actually got heat over being a dumbass. So, uh, yeah, peak MMA, my friend. FMP, I'm out. You know, you know, Catfish, you really are into something. That, like... <laughs> We've talked about this a lot. Like UFC doesn't make any sense was our kind of our, our tagline, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty peak MMA. I'm not gonna lie, you're right. You you are right about that. Like he, <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah, Get, signs up to fight, fouls <laughs> someone three times, <sighs> dick kick, eye gouge, and whatever the first foul was, goes on Twitter, says Mike Jackson should have kept fighting, <laughs> deletes his account. Because people are calling him out on trying to trying to say that Mike Jackson was a bitch for getting dick kicked and eye gouged. Yeah, that's pretty. That's, that's on. That's on course. Yeah, and not for nothing. Even to like all his weirdness and all his flaws, Mike Jackson wasn't happy with that. He was like shaking his head when they they raised his hand. He was just like, "Fuck yeah. this," which is probably like half of that was probably like the fact of like getting fouled and the whole thing, but like. I still can't believe he complimented the fucking kick as well. It's amazing. And there it was and, and fucking how about how about we didn't talk about this? How about fucking Chris Tagnoni asking uh what kind of cup you were in Muay Thai cup? He goes, Diamond. He said, I'm going straight <laughs> through the diamond. Fuck that. <laughs> That's a good reaction to a dick kick, man. Dude. God. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty MMA. It's pretty, it's pretty peak MMA. Which, and, and that, by that kick, by the way, pretty fucking sloppy, I have to say. Just because, like, when when you're <clears> doing <throat> spin kicks, and like, I'm not a fucking fighter, obviously, but I've trained some martial arts. And when you're doing a spin kick, it's similar to dancing, which I also spotting. have a background in spotting. You turn your eyes before it lands. He didn't spot at all. Yeah. He fucking like, like They're I said, blind. okay, you're the sniper, but blind literally. Sniper when they showed the freeze frame of it and they showed it in slow motion, his eyes were looking away. Yeah, away. Yeah, he wasn't 100%. looking at the fucking target. Yeah, blind sniper is what they should call him. Yeah, the fucking blind sniper. That, that's fucking Ray Charles out there. Fucking <laughs> Sorry, Ray Charles. Rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Georgia, Georgia. Dick kick, boom. <laughs> Dick kicks. Dick, Dick kicks. kicks. <laughs> uh, Hit the road, Dean. Uh, Don't you come uh, back? I'm trying to think of like other, like other like MMA, just like most MMA situations that have ever happened. Anything that involves Twitter is definitely become starting to become more peak MMA stuff. Like, uh, what's your name? Um, oh, here's the most MMA thing of all time. PFL calling Fabricio Verdum the Tom Brady of MMA. Which, by the way, terrible comparison. Then Tom Brady fucking retires, decides he's not retired in like a month. Yeah. Fucking Fabricio retires. A month later, decides he's not retired. That's the most MMA thing of all time. Uh, uh, Kayla Harrison and the and the porn tweets. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a great. Not Kayla Harrison. Caitlin Chukagian. Caitlin Chukagian. Yeah, there we go. If she, bro, if it was Kayla Harrison, bro, let me tell you something. Yeah. Let me just tell you something. She liked it. Uh, I'll grab that key and I'll lock that motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I did. Uh, uh, no. Oh, here's another one. Chris Curtis, because speaking of being retiring, this is what I was thinking about. Chris Curtis retiring in the PFL. 
unretiring an hour later just because of some <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah he, he was in the middle of eating the chicken yeah yeah he lost yeah he lost to ray cooper i think or no maybe he lost to someone else i think he lost to the magomed or whatever the guy's name was yeah then fucking retired he's like, okay guys i'm done he retired on the mic goes backstage trying to get the chicken and waffle slider from the buffet yep they're like hey don't eat that come fight he can't continue you have to fight and they gave him more money anyway. Yeah, all right. He told bro, he said he was Chris Curtis, by the way, friends with Sean Strickland and training partners with Sean Strickland. He said that he literally he already threw away his mouth guard or whatever. He had to get Sean Strickland's mouth guard yep. and like dunk it in hot coffee to yep. like sanitize it. I was like, Oh, come on. That's fighting, baby. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Very MMA. Oh, how about Chris Barnett getting his start in MMA through a breakdancing competition? He talked about this on Ariel show. I don't think he may have talked about Rhino as well because Rhino always asks like, what's the origin of getting into MMA? He talked about fucking being in like a break a breakdancing competition or something, and like our local promoter came up and was like, "Hey, do you guys want to fight?" And like he already had been doing Taekwondo since he was little, so he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Basically, is how it goes. Like I think he even said like he was. He had been drinking and he like still like probably smelled like alcohol. And he was like, I'll fucking fight. Another one I keep thinking of is like, is like awarding. Award, you know, what's very MMA. What's peak MMA awarding people things too fast. Like the bad motherfucker belt that can't, you know oh, what I mean? Like, yeah. From Jorge, yeah. Like, Oh, like, Oh, and it's like someone wins a fight. Oh, he's the goat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, oh, you know what's peak MMA? Autumn Lobov is the peak MMA. <laughs> yeah, Autumn Lobov just existing. <laughs> it's peak MMA. Speaking of that, and then the whole original um, question of sell, I wanted to shout out uh, our homie Brian Pichet had this tweet. I was like, dude, I fucking agree with this. So I was like, MMA is the only sport where someone can get violently fouled and they're mad at the person that got fouled. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. big MMA. The whole, yeah, it's the whole true. Situation. I mean, and and everything that was happening with with uh, with Barry was a hundred percent that. Like, yeah, got got bullied off of fucking. I got Twitter. you. So blatant, dude. Yes. Like, what are you doing? Just getting, but getting bullied off Twitter because of your take of something that you did <laughs> is so fucking funny. Damn, it's good. Yeah, down, it's dude. good. That's good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for the question, Seth. Go listen to his podcast, Catfishing with the Tad Daddy. I sent in a Fuck You Friday to his podcast, so you probably hear that next week, hopefully. Um, all right. Pulling up the forum tweet. I think it's just Sandy Pants. Oh, great. Yeah, our girl Sandy Pants MMA. She says, what kind of psycho actually drills a standing arm triangle in camp and then actually pulls it off? Please rate this on the crazy scale from one to 10. Uh, it's an 11, first of all. But also, this is going to be dumb, but like Jessica I did a, had a standing arm triangle in Bellator. So like that's the kind of psycho that drills that also. Is Jessica I? <laughs> yeah, that's the other. Yeah. Actually, if, you, if your name is Jessica, you're good at uh, standing on triangles. Great, that's literally that. But here's what I was uh, gonna say. Uh, it was cra- it's crazy. Um, I, I I talked about later uh, earlier in the show about Jessica making her debut at Strawweight at 199. Uh huh. 
she got a uh, she got a rare standing TKO win against Jessica Penne, where like Jessica Penne was just up against the fence and couldn't defend, and Herb Dean stopped the fight, but she didn't go down. Just like mm-hmm. standing TKO, it was like she's just gonna get in like weird standing finishes that you didn't think would be standing. Like normally, both of the things would be one of them would be on the ground. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, it's just, it's just wild to think. Yeah, it's a little bit. It was pretty crazy to see, like it, it, it watching it in uh, watching it this morning and being like. Oh, is she gonna? Oh, is she gonna tap? And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, that's was really like just a really nice thing to watch. Like you know, you get to witness this kind of interesting, you know, yeah. never we been seen history. before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and we witness history twice because we've seen tons of dick kicks. Never seen someone react to a dick kick that way. Oh my god, dude! You know, so oh my god. <laughs> How about DC saying, cut the mic? Oh, yeah. Because he kept <laughs> one saying, the, Yeah, one of the only good suggestions DC has ever had in his life. So funny. Because I, I think Fitzy said, I think that was my mic. I don't think there's any way. Like, <laughs> he's just so loud. Yeah. I mean, the octagon is mic'd, but yeah. I don't know where, where he was near. It could, yeah, it, could have, it was definitely one of their mics picking yeah, it up. But he was last, so loud when he was like, fuck. Yeah, that motherfucker. That's <laughs> so good. So oh funny, man. Dude. Well, so we got. I still can't get over the fact that he was like, "Oh, bro, right in the dick." Like said that, and then he goes, oh, "That was a nice kick, though." <laughs> like, don't fucking compliment him, dude. You're so lame. God, what a great, what a what a great thing the UFC has given us, huh? Yeah. And speaking of <sighs> the great things the UFC has given us, they're giving us a fucking amazing fight card next week yeah i say amazing fight card what they're giving us is an amazing main event and probably a decent card that i haven't looked oh at. i'm actually pretty excited the more i realize I, i'm gonna be uh times it start oh yeah i'm gonna be in uh santa barbara next week oh next weekend uh but one of our patrons is in the santa barbara area who oh, i'll tell you after oh, okay great <laughs> Um, I blow up their spot. Yeah, well, they'll tell me. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously, off air. But uh, I'm I'm pretty much gonna be in the hotel room all day, and the fight start at one. Nice. Yeah, nice little early card. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get into this main card first you of all. On topology? No. Okay. So who do you have? Who fight? do you have for the first fight? GM three versus yeah, Chris yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, okay, perfect. Yeah, and I got GM three. Same. You'll never fucking find me picking Christoph Jocko, dude. Yeah. And you'll Not always like, I catch me picking up so GM3. Like, I, like, never. He's like, he's got like a 500 record in the UFC as far as, you know, wins and losses. Uh, but, and so does GM3, to be fair. But I feel like he's faced tougher competition and he's way likable, like, way more likable. Yeah. Uh, who do you have next? Darren? Yep. Darren Eccles versus Tristan Connolly. Uh, I'm going to go with Connolly, but obviously don't count the damage out, but. Yeah, I say not super confident that Tristan Connolly obviously impressed all of us that short notice against Michelle Pereira with the fucking just absolutely going crazy on him, fighting a guy twice his size. Like M- Michelle Pereira is a guy that could easily fight at middleweight, and here's this guy who's at featherweight now. Yeah, that shows you how crazy weight cutting is, by the way. Yeah, um, so I got, I got Tristan, yeah, and I think like. I don't know. Tristan got dog walked by Pat Sabatini, but now we know Pat Sabatini kind of does that to everybody. I, I think I think Tristan's gonna fuck Darren Elkins up. Yeah. 
Uh, right next, what do you have? Grant? Jer- yeah, Jared Gordon versus Grant Dawson. I'm going with Dawson. Yeah, I think, honestly, he's going to give him the business. Mm-hmm. I don't give Jared a lot of uh, a good chance in this fight. Uh, all right, we got uh, <clears throat> Andre Feely. Yeah, versus Joe Anderson Joe. Brito. I'm going to go with Feely. I'm going to go with Touchy Feely as well. Touchy Feely. Hey, man, I feel like we're watching him fight all the time. Andre Arlovsky versus Jake Collier. Coulier. Oh, J- Jake. <laughs> Jake Imagine he's related to Dave Coulier. Jake Coulier. Um, uh, I, I, you know what? I'm going with Arlovsky. I like Same. the idea of him continuously winning. And, yeah. you know, that he might stop age. Jake Collier. Yeah. And he's got, and you know what? Arlovsky's got probably got a photo of himself somewhere, you know? Fucking Dorian Gray style. <laughs> Hiding in his attic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dorian, the picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. He, you know, but does. also, he probably does have a picture of himself somewhere. Oh, 100%. Yeah, like, probably. Yeah, there's there's not a 50-50 chance he does or does not have one. There's a 100% chance. Yeah. I bet I bet also Andre Alas would be the kind of guy to like either jack off to that picture or like in a mirror. Just like, I like Rrr. that. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. And then our main event. Rob Font versus... Marlon Chito, bro. There is this... not a planet in this solar system where I am picking that, against Chito Vera. I know, but this is going to be it's a, very tough a fight, good yeah. fight. It's yeah, going to be a good be a fight because they both like Rob's a really good boxer, and Chito's got a lot of tools in his arsenal to to combat that. He's got the range on him, I think. Does it say the reach on topology? Let me see. Uh, yeah. Uh, 70, Rob, but Rob only got one point five. He's got one inch reach advantage. Cheeto does or Rob does? Rob does. Oh shit! Are you kidding not, me? It's not much. Why is it not? Let me click on Rob. It's fucking there. It is. Oh no! It's on Tristan Conley. What the fuck? Oh no! Topology's fucking up. I clicked on Rob Font and loaded. Uh, to, oh yeah, seventy-one point fucking one inch. You know what? Fuck him though. Let's see, 5'8". Yeah. I'm going with Chito Vera, too. Is 5'8", also. Uh, forget what I said. Fucking Honestly, the way Rob Fong got out grappled in his last fight, I think Chito can do that as well. Nice. Well, let's uh, let's see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pretty invested in this fight card. I'm definitely going to be probably watching him um, live. So I'll, I might be live tweeting next week. We'll see. Oh, love that for you. Yeah, I do love that for me. Win Twitter for the day. Just kidding. <laughs> just in my head. Yeah, just in uh, my head. All right. So now just going to call out our very lovely patrons. Yes. Thank you. If, if you if you like us and you want to um, support the show, you can, you're by no means uh, under any obligation to do so. But if you want to throw us some extra cheddar, you can do so at uh patreon.com slash friendly sparring uh, we have a one dollar tier called just the tip where you can just participate in the fight league um the international fight week is coming up that's going to be the fucking culmination of everything and whoever wins that is going to get the fucking prestigious belt i think right now your boy dave l is in the lead i haven't tallied the points this week yet but i think he's i think like dave well last week it was david s and then yeah. dave l Dave L's got the dial on fire, man. I'm telling you, he's, he's spitting that hot fire and he's, he's killing he's, it, dude. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, he turns out he, he hasn't even touched the belt. Turns out he might actually get to touch the belt. Yeah. 
Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so the one dollar tier just to tip you can purchase both five league. Three dollar uh, gets you um fucking early access to audio episodes. Yep. And then five dollars gets you um, early access to, to looking at us. Yeah, video podcast. So if you want to, you know, get a visual aspect that's going on, you know, seeing how great we look all the time. But also, yeah, Leo's usually naked most of the time we record. Usually, and my nips are usually yeah, out. With but an anyway, optical inch. Yeah. <laughs> with that being said, um, you know, also guys, if you go to any UFC events, just say friendly sparring pod at the event. Yeah. If well, anybody if, that's if listening, anyone goes to the UFC and like holds up a sign and gets it on camera, it, yeah. you're fucking immortalized forever. Guess guess what? We're you giving you all our money. Yeah, we said two different things. Yeah, well, it's it's basically the same thing. Yeah, basically you know, the same thing. Just figure out the the currency exchange rate on cum versus all <laughs> our money, and you got it. <laughs> figure out the exchange rate on cum and our money. So yeah, someone call up the World Bank. What's yeah. the exchange rate on cum? What's the exchange rate for a Mexican guy? And a is it, is it American thing? cum? Or... Yeah. Well, one of the guys is French. It's 27% French. 27, Speaking of which, dude. It's 27% French cum. You know what MMA I did watch live this weekend? Ah. One championship. Okay. Uh, my company gave us a, a company-wide uh, recharge day, they call it, which is like a meant like it just like charge of batteries, just get it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's cool, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That's yeah, not amazing. It'll happen like twice a year or whatever, like non-holidays where they just Yeah, cool. Off. I love getting hired by them. Yeah. <laughs> I was off on Friday, but I ended up waking up super early for some reason, which got me so mad. I always say when it's my day off and I wake up early because I, I turn my alarm off. I did not want to wake up early, but Good I body. did. And I was like, I, I saw Twitter. I was like, one championship is going on. All right, I guess I'll watch it. I like immediately without even thinking, just turned it on. And I, I saw a couple of MMA fights. And then my girl, one of the best kickboxers on the planet right now, Anissa Mexen, she fights at 115 <clears throat> pounds, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, kickboxing weight class are a little different, but she fights around that weight. Maybe, maybe even, anyway, maybe 105, to be honest. She's she's a little thing. But, bro, she's a killer. She beat this poor girl up, dude. Her, her nickname was the Snow Leopard. The other girl, a fucking, might as well have been sacrificial lamb. And Might as well beat the fucking shit out of her. I'm happy you get to watch it live. Yeah, I love Anissa Mexen, dude. I'm not. Yeah. I don't even follow kickboxing, but I follow Anissa Mexen. Yeah, you should. Now follow us. Yeah, follow follow us at Friendly Spar Pod. Follow Leo at Leo GH two one one three at gmail.com. Yep, at Gmail. Just yeah, send me an, yeah, send send me an email gmail. whenever you want. Yes, yeah, send, send him an send him an email with your headshot and resume. Yeah, I'll cast you. I don't care. Yeah. All right. Uh, but the, the the patrons that we want to shout out uh, who make help make this podcast possible is APB, Sandy Pants, Alex from Jersey, T Cross, Fee, Dave L, Jimmy the Drunk, Tricky Dick, Mix the Man, Anonymous. I was at the pause and be super mysterious when I say anonymous, like anonymous. <laughs> Every time. I'm keeping the anonymity. Uh, David Everett, Wholesome MMA, Brian Pichet, Dave, a.k.a. Nobby Buckles, Supermanly Nick, David S., D. Crons, Harry Andrew, Cakes, and QAR. Ladies and gentlemen, the fucking best people I know. Thank you all. Dave L., David Everett, 
Dave Nobby Buckles, David S. We got fucking four Daves as patrons. We've already said this. We've already acknowledged this. We talk about the fight big league because they're all really good at picking fights too. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> it's just so, so many funny, Daves. Dude. So many Daves, dude. Okay. I also right. find it. I find it so funny that Dave L was the first one, and we already thought to like differentiate. Is like, oh, you're not just Dave. You're Dave L. Yeah. It's dude. We should we should ask them if any of them go by their last names because we have two friends that are good friends. I mean, if you've been following Juice for his whole career, uh, Dotson, we Andrew Dotson, we call yeah. him Dotson. Another good friend of ours who was on the show, Shiley, Kevin Shiley, yeah. we call him Shiley. So I'm wondering if any of those days go by, by their last by the, names. By their last names, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, let us know if you're listening, Dave's. Um, I doubt it, but uh, yeah, I mean Everett kind of sounds like a name, but it's it's it kind of sounds like a first name. So that's yeah. Yeah, maybe. Oh, maybe. But probably not. Um. Yeah, but they probably don't, cause cause Dave is a is a good name. Like I would go by Dave. That's true. Like but I, I just mean, but I just mean like, but the reason, but the reason why Dotson and 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 Shiley go by their last names is because Kevin and Andrew are so com such common names. Yeah. So Dave is also a common name. So that's what I mean. I'm curious. If and like uh Groban as well. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah. For Aaron Groban, Let's call him Groban. By the mm. way, did you see him in the? He's he's in that fucking. Uh, fucking QAnon movie. No, I swear to God, dude, I forget what oh, it's called. Tom, that. Tom sent me the trailer. He's like interviewing this guy who's like talking. He's like very anti-vask. It's like so right wing. It, it is unreal, dude. I can't even believe it. I love it. I'll watch it. I'll, I'll join the cult. I don't care. Oh my God. Anyway. Anyway, QAnon for life. 